we know now that it was right off a cliff after this movie. It was just never again. I really just feel like Ashley was didn't want to anymore. I don't know. I, that's why she's my one person I'd have dinner with mm-hmm. dead or alive. Mm-hmm. I'm not fucking with you, Ashley goddamn Olsen. Because it's <laughs> like, you might think Mary-Kate because, like, I mean, what was the situation with that Heath Ledger thing? Like, come on. We want to know the deets. But I'll tell you what. Ashley knows the deets. So that's a double whammy. I'm asking Ashley, frankly. Okay, you guys, I did not, I don't know if I thought this moment would ever come. I have so many mixed feelings, so many emotions, a tidal wave of experiences have brought us to this moment. It is the last and final installment in the Mary-Kate and Ashley canon. It is Ashley Olsen's very last acting credit ever. It Mm. is New York Minute. We are here. It's been a journey. It's actually very emotional. Jay, how do you feel? I feel sad that it's Ashley's last acting credit ever. I've really become very fond of Ashley. I feel as though I've been converted into an Ashley fan. Oh, my God. We didn't know what we had. We did not do right by her. Mm -mm. Honestly, we're going to get into it. We're going to have a wrap-up episode for episode 12. But I have to say, if there's one takeaway that I did not have before we did this, it is that Ashley Olsen is underrated underrated she's the star of way more of these movies than i would have thought um and my personal favorite character in all of them it's just like she isn't i just didn't know i just didn't remember it that way and i wonder why so many of our memories and the daytime emmy awards (laughs) remember mary just completely rebuff her I know. Yeah, as the one that had acting chops. And I'm at this point convinced it's because she acted longer. But, like, I would kill to know. Like, I'm truly now at this point when people ask me, like, who would you have dinner with, dead or alive? Why did Ashley Olsen quit? Why did she leave? Did she feel inferior? Did she feel like she wasn't getting her due? Because she is it in some of these. She is it. It's so crazy. This is the last thing she ever did. And I think it got really bad reviews. (laughs) I think it was not well received. And I can understand that they probably saw, we know now we're just smarter and wiser and older, what people that age, that young, that are in the entertainment industry more than likely come across and face. And so maybe she was done and I get it. But then I also wonder, I mean, they have a younger sister who's hugely successful actress. And it's like, would she be willing to put herself in that arena if they if they really had had harrowing experiences that? Well, I do think, I mean, I'm not trying to put anything on Mary yeah, Kane, I have Ashley, no idea. that they haven't claimed. Um, but, Ash, but Elizabeth Olsen didn't become an actress until she was a full grown adult. 18, yeah. yeah. And she's talked about that, that part of it is that. She saw the 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 level of work and the labor that went child labor, literally, mm-hmm. of and what her sister sacrificed, literally hosting SNL when they should have been at their senior prom. Do you know oh, that story? No, I don't know that story, but that they is crushing. Were asked to do Saturday Night Live, and it was the same night as their senior prom, and they almost didn't do it. They decided we can't not do it, which is the right choice. 
And they gave an interview that said they thought about asking their high school, which was like, I'm sure a private high school. But also it's like, I'm sure SNL would have let you do a different week. No, girl, you're crazy. Are you kidding? Of the two, you're asking the high school, not SNL. You're not going to say, hey, can you move this around? No fucking chance. But they said in the interview, we considered asking our high school to move the prom And they probably would have, but we thought the only thing that we will get out of that is a headline that says Mary Kate Nashley, like, yeah, like had people like move their shit around and like there's, there's superstars. And she was like, and it just wasn't worth it. So we just missed it, which like, who cares? It's prom. Prom sucks. Sorry. Spoiler alert. It's like never so good as you think it will be. But I mean, they, they were peaking. This is huge. We talked about the Vanity Fair spread that they were in. I mean, and then it just was over overnight. And it's like. I am really dying to know. I am really dying to know. Here's where we're going to be really honest with you guys. And we debated whether or not we should be honest about this. But it's kind of exciting. It's a final element. And here's the truth. Neither Jordan or I have ever seen this movie. I've never seen it once. I didn't go into theaters. And we know, like, we get it. The whole structure of this podcast is reliving things we watched when we were kids and we've seen all of the rest of these movies and we have so enjoyed rewatching them and reliving them and analyzing them and picking apart what messaging you know we took with us what what these movies did to our brain this is an exception there is no messaging from this movie that i received as a kid because i truly never saw it i've never seen it before i remember it coming out i like i remember them playing the like tv spots for it and being like it's coming to theaters this one's gonna be in theaters and i remember um yeah basically like the tv spots and like the little outfits that they're wearing but do you remember why i didn't go see it it was almost like we were just too old so in 2004 i graduated high school in 2010 and so i would have been in the sixth or seventh grade and it is possible. I mean, seventh grade just isn't that old. So it's like it feels odd to say I would have like aged out. But I do wonder if it like hit theaters and got really, really bad reviews and we just lost interest. And we just didn't go. Yeah. yeah and we just didn't think about it again. I was in it was fifth bad. grade. So I wasn't really making decisions about where yeah. I was going yeah. or what I was doing. But it, that must be it. I also think it's crazy because – like, just how long time seems when you're a kid, because I feel like when New York Minute came out, I felt like I hadn't heard or seen them in a while. Them in a while. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, oh, I guess they're back and making movies again, when in reality, it must have been like six months. Yeah. I mean, they were always, always, always working. Yeah. I also think it's fair to us to say we had no idea they would never act again. So to us, it's like, oh, Mary-Kate and Ashley are the two most famous teenagers in America, and they made a movie, and it's kind of a bomb. We'll catch the next one. Like, I think that is probably what happened. Now when it turns out, like, I honestly hate to think that this, like, failed, and so they never tried again. Like, that's, like, the worst version of this to me. If it's, like, they did it, it was, like, a big feature. They were, like, this is us transitioning into adulthood, which I think you can just, you know, if you know anything about the movie, that it is, like, a little more... Mm-hmm. allowed to grow up with them like we've talked about before mm-hmm. than some of their direct home video stuff and then it was such a fucking you know bomb that they just said forget it like that's my worst case version of events you know 
I think we've got to do like we've got to look that up and do some research, even though that goes against our ethos, because <laughs> I feel like at the time they were like Mary Kate Nashley's last movie. They were no, like, Mary Jordan. Kate Ashley do no, one no, Jordan. Before they turn eighteen, they weren't putting Jared Padalecki in a farewell. No, these are up and coming. They weren't doing including them in the Vanity Fair article. This is they're at their peak. They are at their prime. And if anything, they've been enduring completely tasteless, disgusting jokes about how they'll finally be 18 eventually from every person in media. Like, people were ready for them to be adults. People were holding their breath for them to be real actresses. I was a little older than you. I'm going to pull that card. Nothing about the promotion of this movie was Mary-Kate and Ashley will never act again. That was absolutely not part of it. Okay. I do think that... If they are transitioning into real movies, they're saying goodbye to the setup of the movies that they make that we've seen so far because real movies don't like we're not just going to do Mary Kate and Ashley's are twins who do everything together in a real movie anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. that is a direct to home video child. No, we're like, going to put Eugene thing. Levy in it and we're going to say that's the gimmick, <laughs> which is like what they did. I did remember from the marketing. I mean, Riley Smith is in this. Do you remember him from Motocross? Oh, my God. Oh, Connor, do I remember him from Motocross? Just speaking your own ignorance. He's currently on Nancy Drew. Is he? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's got to be like in his 40s yeah he's her uh i mean spoiler alert i won't say it but he's on that show and all of you should watch it (laughs) (laughs) also um i mean famous people dr drew is in this drew pinsky as maybe their dad it's unclear that's a really famous person. Andy Richter is in this that's wild daryl hammond is in this (laughs) Bob motherfucking Saget is in this Honestly, as Bob Saget. Listen to me about this. Bob Saget makes me think they knew they were wrapping things up. Jack Osborne is in it. Oh, well, well. If Kirstie Alley's like cheersing somebody in a party scene, I'm like, they got the gang together. Also, for a Andrea goodbye. Martin. Who's that? You would know her face. Let me see what else she was in because y'all aren't going to recognize her name when I say it like I'm that. I'm just picturing Andrew from 90210, but I feel like that must be Oh, wrong. she's like the like t- chatty aunt in my big fat Greek wedding. She's like a theater person. Mm. That That's totally what I recognize her. But it's like a lot of famous like almost theater comedy people. I mean, Jared Padalecki is the one that I remember because Gilmore Girls and Supernatural and he's yeah, very yeah, famous. Yeah. But like he's one of the less famous people in this movie. Well, he would have been not famous at all at that point had he even been on Gilmore Girls. Yeah, yet. absolutely. In 04, but just barely. You can just tell he looks older in this movie than he looked in like the first season of Gilmore Girls. Mm. But I mean, this IMDb page is stacked. It is interesting they did a and New York movie. Like- they live in New York to this day. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's such, oh my gosh, there's such LA girls that like really swapped coasts. I mean, we, we saw the movies we that they grew up making, and they they're are L.A. LA. girls. Yeah. They're all in L.A. Even when they're not in L.A., they're, they're from, from L.A. LA. Yeah. Except for Holiday in the Sun. Yeah. <laughs> an like, horrible movie. Let's really give them a different background. But it is interesting, because you're right. They're New Yorkers for life. It's just such – this is just going to be so fascinating. I'm really excited to watch it, because we know now that it was right off a cliff after this movie. It was just never again. I really just feel like Ashley was didn't want to anymore. I don't know. I, that's why she's my one person I'd have dinner with mm-hmm. that are alive. Mm-hmm. I'm not fucking with you. Ashley goddamn Olsen. 
Because it's like, you might think Mary Kate because, like, I mean, what was the situation with that Heath Ledger thing? Like, come on. We want to know the deets. But I'll tell you what. Ashley knows the deets. (laughs) So that's a double whammy. I'm asking Ashley, frankly. I mean, they've spoken very sparingly about just deciding to leave because they didn't feel like it was, like, a real artistic expression Mm -hmm. or that it was, like, a true, authentic – I get it. We get it, you guys. You understand that you're making derivative kids' movies. And you don't want to do the same thing when you're an adult that maybe you thought was interesting when you were 14. Like, I think everybody can identify with that. It's the detail that their sister does it so successfully and is such a respected member of the acting community – that, like, throws a wrench in it for me where I'm like, there's just something. You know what, though, is what else we should look into for maybe our final episode is who their parents are. Because yeah. they weren't just nobody running around they're getting stage moms. kids and No, stuff. I did know. I do know that they're, they're stage moms for sure. Because the dad was who so adamantly put them up for the audition. And he is, like, on record as being like, I thought the baby girls were, like, so ugly. They, lo- they looked like little monkeys to me. Which is, like, an insane thing yeah. for a parent who got very awesome. wealthy off his children to say. Kind of pick me, energy dad. <laughs> totally. But we were watching it for the first time. I don't know why we didn't see this. I really don't. I'm stoked to see it now. And it it does, to me, have, like, an ominous, eerie sort of, like, it was the beginning of everything, and yet it was the end. And yet it was the end. The reviews online seem bad, but I got to be honest, the challenge was such a high. I'm excited to see what Oh, it can't be. It cannot be worse than their direct-to-home video movies. Like, this shit went to theaters. Like, people signed off on this. Like, let's get into it. Let's get the fuck into it. We'll see you on the other side, guys. So excited to tell you guys that for this very special last installment, the New York Minute episode, we are both in New York. It's true. I was already here. But Connor has Jay come. lives here full time. I'm in New York for a little bit this summer, working, hanging out with my sister, and it really feels appropriate. It feels special. It feels <laughs> exciting. To be in New York for New York Minute. Do you feel like now that you have spent some more consistent time in New York, you know what they mean when they say New York In Minute. a New York Minute? I still don't know what that means. It means fast. It means, yeah, like a lot of things happen at once. Definitely a lot of things happen at once. Um, more so to Mary Kane Ashley than I would say the average broad. Um, tell me your off-the-dome thoughts about New York Minute. It's hella fun. I think it's not a good movie. I think it is like a very bad theatrical release movie and an extremely good Mary Kate Ashley movie. I think if this was a direct-to-home video movie, it would be the best one. It is they're really hilarious. They're really allowed kinda to act like teenagers, which you know you know I love when it's like, okay, tell it like say a swear word, you know? Um, there's so much that doesn't make sense almost to the point where it's like I don't know why it was allowed in a theatrical release like it would almost would make more sense if it was a direct to home video because like I think they get a lot more leeway in terms of like yeah just suspend your disbelief because like like I've said before like that's not how trains work (laughs) you know 
Mm-hmm. But it's so wild to watch and know that this movie went to theaters and that so many eyes and people had to sign off on stuff that just was like, what? Explain why this would be like this? What? They just skipped a part or like any any of the things will go through it that where it was like, this is dumb would be completely forgivable in one of their direct-to-home video releases. And if anything, it'd just be like, fine, it's a Mary Kay National Universe. The fact that this movie takes place in New York City, almost like in the New York City that we know for real. It's like wild what they get away with in this movie, what they wrote in this movie. It's it, mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy, especially when you see how many famous people are in this and funny and like doing. I mean, Eugene Levy is insufferable in this, but I'm actually not a huge Eugene Levy fan in general. Sorry to say it. Um, Andy Richter is another role where it's like, what the fuck is going on (laughs) it is really odd and it's like it seems like they both could have played versions of their characters that made sense Mm -hmm. it was odd i don't know who was in charge and i wonder if it's just the sort of thing where like they have so many studio heads and stuff sitting at the table that they're like uh it ended up like kind of being a hodgepodge of stuff that being Mm -hmm. said they're so, so funny. And I feel like you can genuinely feel that they're trying to rise to the occasion of being in a real movie. I mean, there is like an action sequence and there's so much physical humor, so much physical humor, even for American Ashley movie. And they really rise to the challenge and they're so funny. There's subtle moments. There's funny. There's big moments. There's they're funny. I think there's more emotional acting, like acting, acting where they're like, this scene is going to take this from me than in any direct-to-home video movie. I think that they are... I think I was right in my pre-watch. I think that they were on top of the world and they were poised for this to be their big entrance and it flopped and I think that they rethought everything. I really do because nothing about this movie gives we're never doing this again. I think for me, um, I do think it was like a lot of fun to watch. I think it was partly so fun to watch because it's obvious that the production value of this movie is like substantial leaps and bounds more than the production value of the other movies which makes sense like it's a theatrical release it's not for home video they put more money into it but it's just like it looks better we're like on location we're doing like crazy like um camera angles we're doing like zooms and stuff there's just money you know what i mean there's just like drones flying around new york in this movie yeah and it's graphics like yeah yeah, and like, and there's always been like a little bit of like wonky graphics, <laughs> so movie, true. But it's like, there's none of that in this. Like, it looks good. It looks, it's like vibrant. It, it, I mean, the production value just is insane, and you can tell immediately. Um, you can tell because they got so many famous people to be in it. Um, you can tell because they're recording, they're filming it in like his like crazy recognizable New York spots, like just crazy. Like, to close down Times Square to film a movie is not cheap. But they're doing it. Yeah. In Mary-Kate and Ashley. Um, in, in New York Minute. Um, and I think my biggest takeaway, and we talked about this a little bit um, while, when we were watching it, is that it's never them. They rose to the occasion 100%. Yeah. They are charming. They are acting. They're giving emotions. They're both on story arcs. You know what I mean? Like... They are giving a real movie, real characters, 
you know what I mean? Like it, this, like this is their perform the performance that they turn in is on par with like the Liz McGuire movie. And yeah, absolutely. Is on par with like an Amanda Bynes movie. Absolutely. You know what I, mean? I totally agree. They could have done what we were doing for Amanda Bynes. They could have done yeah. her sort of vehicles of comedy. You know, those aren't I mean, movies that are edgy. They are not those are not movies that are, you know, they, we don't, but they're movies where she's allowed to be in a PG 13 movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we could have done Completely. that for them. Um, I think it's hard because some of the pitfalls that we fall into with the home video movies are just still here. Like, yeah. the, it's like Mary-Kate and Ashley were ready for this and they had the money for it, but it's almost like the team wasn't ready because, like you said, some of the writing in this movie just isn't there. And you can almost see where they were going with it, like – it just is like a little too. It's so weird, silly, and it's like and it the writing is so subpar, and then it's like punched up in some places. Like there's entire scenes of this movie that are fucking hilarious, that are like mm-hmm. everyone did a good job right here in this scene, and then it's like some of the overarching through lines they just like ignored, or they just were like it doesn't matter that it doesn't make that much sense, and it's like it would have been so easy to clean up this logic. Yeah. Other than that, it really fucking delivers on some of these laughs. It really gives Mary-Kate and Ashley a big apple to bite into, and they bite all the way in. I mean, mm-hmm. there's parts of it that I love. And I honestly think if this was one of their director home video movies, it'd be the best one. It was like what I, getting their wishes it was. For a theatrical release, it's got nothing on it. On uh, It Takes Two. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Let's get into it. So we wake up. Where do they live, Jay? Well, Connor, we wake up with a classic Mary-Kate and Ashley cliche, which is dream sequence. Oh, my God. Ashley has a <laughs> But really, it's just Ashley. But it's just Ashley. And this was the first time where I was like, they really did pull out the money for this. Like, it's like a complete CGI. She's like in a clock and she's like running from the hours passing. If that gives you any indication of where we're going with it. It was like the opening scene of Skyfall. It was crazy. I was like, what is is their whole budget? It's this is a 007 movie. It was gorgeous. Like, it really was well done. So she is having a stress dream about time because she is shock and surprise the type A sister. <laughs> yeah, I know. So they didn't bother mixing but it it's up. Like, I know, but it's okay with me. I like to feel uh, familiar when I'm hanging out with my friends, Mary Kay and yeah. Um, But I was glad to see the, like, classic trope of, like, starting out in a dream sequence. So Ashley wakes up. And they start their, like, morning routine. I thought it was sweet because she goes through. She, like, opens her closet. She, like, makes breakfast. And she goes in and wakes Mary-Kate up, which is interesting because she and Mary-Kate do not get along in this I mean, they all. don't get along, but it's, like, they're – but Mary-Kate seems sad they don't get along from the beginning. I think you notice that it's, like, she kind of chides her or teases her or is, like, sisterly. And, and Ashley really is closed off. I, I mean, I think Ashley thinks Mary-Kate sucks. Is rude and Mary-Kate is rude. Yeah. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, they don't. But it's like it's weird to be like they don't get. It's like, no, they they are opposites. But they're sisters. They're having breakfast at the same table. It's not so crazy she woke her up because they don't get along. It's like they they don't get along. But like they live in the same house. They're siblings. They're sisters. 
Um, but anyways, they have their whole morning routine and basically you get the classic, like, as the, the iconic Ashley opens her closet and it's like all pastels neatly pressed and ready to go. And then like Mary Kate opens her closet and it's like, everything's piled on it, you know, hanging by and a lot thread, of like, like piled on itself. a lot of, uh, lingerie. In Mary Kate's closet. I thought, I thought that, that too. was I was odd. Like, that's a bra. And like panties <laughs> and stuff. And she's for some yeah. reason has like blackout curtains up. Like Mary Kate's room is dark, like black. Yeah, and her walls are like red. She's like a rocker. Yeah. Chick. Mary Kate plays the drums. It's actually really which cool. It's crazy. really cool. Yeah. Like even like she put her full chest into pretending to play the drums and it's actually really fun to see. She did. She's so small too that she really does look cool behind them. Like she does look cool. It's yeah, she's a little rocker chick great. thing going on. Here's two details they establish for each of them. Besides one's neat, one's uptight, one's rocker chick, one's not uptight. Um, Mary-Kate is kind of a bad girl. She's ditching a lot of school, and she has a whole database that lets her choose what excuse she's going to have to not go to school. Okay, that's important. That'll come up later. Her dad kind of mm-hmm. comes in and is like, I'm so proud of you for attending school so much this year, which is an odd comment to make. Don't worry. It'll get weirder. Mm-hmm. And the thing they do for Ashley that I find bananas, she mm-hmm. is very much a Republican in this movie. She has a, and it's like she has a bobblehead of George Bush. They go hard. They show a photo of her with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who would have been the governor of California either during or around that time. And she has a mm-hmm. George Bush bobblehead. And it comes up again later, too. Like, it is like a running joke that Ashley is a Republican. And it's like, first it's of crazy. all, what? Like, but second of all, the fact it's so it goes to show how different our political landscape was then versus now, because, you know, this would have been oh four or something. And it could have just mm-hmm. been like a light joke about how different they are. She's like a hardcore mm-hmm. conservative. It's just so jarring for us of our generation, because it's just I was like, this is so oh four that it's like funny that she's a Republican and not like terrifying. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wrote mom's dead. Dad's Dr. Drew. <laughs> <laughs> how bananas yeah, that Dr. Drew is thing. in this why I was like what is he like I didn't think of him as just like getting acting gigs for movies I thought he was just showing up as Dr. Drew and stuff like the fact that he just plays their dad it's so much like I guess that's a wink wink nod nod is it a cameo is it just a role he had it's like I kind of feel He's like also just in that one scene it's like no he shows up throughout the movie it's like when John Stewart when he used to show up and stuff and you'd be like I can't tell if John Stewart just was an actor who had a role in this or if this is like a John Stewart cameo you know like that's how I feel about Dr. Drew like why are you in this yeah I don't know he doesn't add anything to it but he is a doctor I think it's so all cameos I think it's all because we also then have Jack Osborne as Mary Kate's like manager yeah so basically we learn pretty quickly in the morning that Mary Kate and Ashley's mom is dead and that has been a huge like disruption in their family life and Ashley is like playing mom in the house and Mary Kate thinks that's like very annoying Ashley has this like day planner where she writes everything down and she like makes food for the dad and Mary Kate's basically like can you sit down and straightens his tie and stuff yeah she's very like there's a void to fill it's weird yeah um mary kate is like lame i'm trying to go see simple plan today because she's in a band with jack asborn (laughs) where she plays the drums (sighs) yeah she Um, is and that is basically her only 
um, that's all she's worried about. She's not trying to go to school. She's not trying to go to college. But today is a special day for Ashley because she's giving a speech in New York um, in order to try to get a fellowship to go to school for free. Once again, getting a free ride to school is a huge motivator for Mary-Kate and Ashley. So that's Ashley's big thing. She's like, don't fuck with me today. I have a huge speech I have to give. They're apparently like on Long Island. Yeah. Mary-Kate drives and Ashley doesn't for some reason. Mary-Kate has a beetle, like a bug, which is like so her. And she's like, I'm going to give you a ride to the train station. We just have to make a quick pit stop. And it's a pool party at Jack Osborne's house. And he does make the comment to your point where it was like, we got to send you because you're the hot one. There's a couple times where Mary-Kate is, like, objectified in a weird way. Or she is, like, aware that she's hot and she's willing to, like, use it to her advantage. Which I just feel like that sort of stuff is present in this movie in a way that it is not in the direct-to-home video movies. Where it's, like, we're hot and we know and maybe we can get a little yeah. something for it. It, like, made me uncomfortable on several occasions. It was weird, though, because a part of me was, like, thank you for not making them act juvenile or at least like not mm-hmm. like they're not agents of their own obvious beauty. But mm-hmm. then it was also weird when they were sort of like uh, utilizing it in this movie. It is odd. It, But at least it, it was like it was it was veering towards teen movies of the era. I don't know if we're primed as the Mary-Kate and Ashley audience to accept that. Yeah, like, I'm identifying with Mary-Kate and Ashley. I don't need to then be looking at them as, like, a third party that's a pair of pot twins. Like, those are my friends. <laughs> well, also, when you've got, like, Mina Suvari in American Pie, this is the first time you've seen her, and she's a 20-year-old, and it's like, okay, <laughs> jokes. When you've grown up with Mary-Kate and Ashley, and then you put them in a towel and say, ha, 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 hot twins, you're like, ooh, I don't know. But, like, I was with them in Billboard yeah. Dad. Like, Jack Osborne obviously knows she's hot. He looks really young in this. And I was like, this has to be around when he was on Dawson's Creek. Because Dawson's Creek is over in 06. I straight up didn't recognize him. Yeah, I know. That's crazy to me. He has an English accent in the middle of Long Island. Like, who the fuck else would he be? Of course I know, but he was, like, pretending he didn't on, like, half of his sentences. I was watching it like, why the fuck is this guy, like, half Australian? But also, I feel like he has such a... He has a famous lisp. Oh. Go (laughs) They wasted no role on an actor in this movie. Every single thing they wanted. I just think they had a lot of fucking bets on this. I think this was the horse everyone put their money on. They There's so much. It's jam-packed full of people. Every moment is a moment. So while we're at Jack Osborne's house and Ashley is patiently waiting in the Beetle when she has said, I've got places to be, who shows up? Also looking for Mary-Kate, but Eugene Levy to this pool party. Now, you might be going, who the fuck is he? Why is he looking for her? That's odd for a man in his 50s to be obsessed with a small blonde teenager. The explanation for what Eugene Levy does, like, you guys have to tell us if you lived in a town where this was just a thing. It's the stupidest explanation for why someone would be, like, chasing her or after her. Like, I almost wish he were her principal or like her English teacher who got fired because he lost his mind because she made him crazy or like any dumb thing. But instead, what he is, is something called a truancy officer, which I guess is like people that go to 
parents' homes who have not enrolled their kids in school or who have enrolled the kids there in school, but then this kid doesn't show up for two months and they're like, where the fuck? Like, legally, your child under 18 has to be in school, a public school at the very least. They have to be going to school somewhere, right? So I guess a truancy officer is the guy. He's not a cop. He has no official authority, but it's his job to, like, locate minors who aren't in school. Is that correct, Jay? I have no idea. The only time I've ever heard anyone use the word truant is, like, the same as when people – is, like, old ladies making fun of, like, kids that loiter. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same as calling someone, like, a deviant, you know, or, like, a – juvenile delinquent i've yeah. never heard of a truancy officer like the way that you just described it sounds like a like a social worker but hardly somebody that's like well i had to google it running around with an alarm on top of their car or like chasing anyone down i said what the fuck is he like it's so weird to watch and the most annoying part of it is that they posit it like you know what this is and it's like no i've never heard of anything like this i literally said the intro to eugene levy is pretty quick why do they have a stalker and then i wrote officer of truancy what the fuck is that he just stops by kids houses like that's the weird part is like if he's showing up at mary kate nashley's place of residence and their dad answers the door and he's like listen she was supposed to show up for English. This is her 12th absence in a semester. We have to talk. Then I'd be like, I guess this is a real thing, right? This could be real. Someone's worried that she's not in school when legally she should be. Him showing up at Jack Osborne's pool party because he heard due to his individual research that they're friends and she might be there. It's giving stalker. Like, what? Why are you at her friend's house? And he's like... A ridiculous character. Like, he calls the police on Jack Osborne's pool party, and the police show up and, like, Mock him. dog him. He's, yeah. Everyone hates like, him. Like, they know who he lame. is. And they're like, oh, classic Eugene Levy thinks he's got he's bad. He thinks he can, like, get... And it's like, so you guys, like, seem to know what a truancy officer is. Is this, like, a member of the police but department? But also that, like, it's not what Eugene Levy is doing. That he's, like, acting crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's I like it's so crazy because I'll watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off all day and watch that principal fucking like chase him and get like crazier. And I'm like, well, yeah, he's 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 past mm. his breaking point. He like drove him crazy because it's, and it's like <laughs> this just feels so stupid. Like, why is he allowed to stalk her? Why is he allowed to chase her? Like doing your due diligence to notice that a kid has stopped turning up to school. Fine. A letter, a notice in the mail. Sure. That probably happens in real life. Going to Jack Osborne's pool party, it's like she's a criminal and he's a lead investigator is what they're like going for. That she's been on the lam and she's out running the law and she's, you know, George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven. And it's finally catching. And it's like, no, she's a high schooler who plays hooky a lot. And it only... It only gets weirder. She, He's like, I'm on the heels of the number one truant. And I wrote, the fuck? Truant? Like, there's a list of America's mm-hmm. most wanted, but it's just kids like... I think it's so annoying because the only reason you'd actually have a system like this in place is to protect children who are like... Not in homes where someone's making sure they're going to school. The idea that truancy mm-hmm. officers are put in place to catch kids playing hooky is such a stretch that it's like, 
why didn't we just make this make sense? What? Why? Why did we invent a whole thing yeah. that I guarantee the average American teenager or whoever the fuck they think is going to see this movie is going to go, what is he? What the fuck is he doing? Because what it appears to be is an adult man with a hobby that's stalking a teenage girl. That's literally the whole setup just seems like because she skipped school, he's obsessed with her. It, it's like none of it's connecting. Yeah, I mean, once again, we... Once again, we have a situation where Mary-Kate and Ashley are unfamiliar with the way that high school Yeah. Works, no, exactly. Okay. No, I know. And he shows up and says, where can I find Roxanne Ryan? And I wrote, she is a child. No. You don't go to pool parties and demand an audience with, like, what? I- also, like, her own house, probably. Like, it's probably where you should Where start. did you get the information Not that you should look for her other teenager's here. house. Yeah. So, anyway... Also, you just don't have anything to say to her. You need to talk to her dad. Like, you have nothing That's to say to That's my point. <laughs> it literally is just a middle-aged man obsessed with a teenage girl. Because none of this is a work appropriate. None of this falls under his job description. But too slow. You snoozy lose. Eugene Levy misses them at Jack Osborne's house because they are already on the way to New York. They're on the train. Ashley has this whole funny bit where yeah. she's, like, blowing up her... What do you call it? Her, like, horseshoe pillow that people sleep with on planes and stuff. She has an inflatable one. Oh, yeah. Like, she's going on some huge, long journey. <laughs> it's like journey. a three-hour. Like I don't a, think it's a three-hour plate. I think it's, like, three 30 hour. minutes. Yeah, no. It's, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. And, um, and Mary-Kate has kind of an intro. Like, they got to the oh train station gosh. together. They're definitely riding to New York together. And yet, Ashley is so surprised to learn that Mary-Kate also got on the train and she comes out doing like an air drum solo and there's like a music thing and Ashley's like, what are you doing here? No, this is like, I mean, just classic Mary-Kate not giving a shit about the other people in the room. She's like... (laughs) hip checking everybody as she like drums by she's like hitting people's seats with her drumsticks she's like tripping everybody is like you are being loud you are being disruptive it cannot be more than 8 a.m on this train she finally like trips over somebody and she's into like a, ooh ah bop yeah beep, like boop. doing some like <laughs> some 41 like drum solo yeah it's so funny and it's supposed to signal that she's really cool and carefree but it's like she seems to have she seems to be a public nuisance she seems to be yeah, disruptive to the public calm to the peace um so she like trips over some lady into her seat and ashley's basically like no you can't be here. Like, I need it to be quiet. I'm trying to practice my speech. And they have a whole sister spat in the, like, over Mr. SNL. <laughs> yeah. Daryl Hammond is sitting in between them. And this is really the first part of the movie where I was like, this is funny. Yeah. This is like a funny bit. He is finding them so irritating. They are being irritated. They're being so obnoxious on the train. They're having They're like fighting. a fight. Yeah. Where she's like, you need to be quiet. You're so selfish. And this was the first time where I was like, oh, Mary-Kate is like sad. Mary-Kate does not realize how her behavior has like driven a wedge between her and Ashley. No, yeah. She's like, oh my God, you're such a drag. But like, I'm just trying to like chill with you and like chat. And Ashley's like, I fucking can't stand you. Like, I need you to take this seriously. And all I know you're going to like ruin this day for me somehow. Daryl Hammond in between them is just like, what's happening? I'm get, just like, trying get, to get to work. Please don't have this fight in my lap. <laughs> like, yeah. And I wrote, Mary-Kate didn't buy a ticket. Why? Why? Just to show that she don't she don't play by no rules. It's like it's almost like 
we cannot believe that if Ashley had the money to buy a ticket to New York, that Mary Kate wasn't also given the money, that she couldn't also get money. To, their dad is a doctor, yeah. okay? It's almost that we're to believe that Mary Kate just ain't the type to, like, Yeah, she's, like, play trying that way. to get by on, like, like on breaking rules. a ticket. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> For the sake of breaking rules, mm-hmm. which is so, like, okay, but, like, she's again, like, why not buy but a ticket? But also, Ashley says the like meanest thing in this moment where she where she basically says I want this scholarship because I want to go to Oxford so so that I can get away from you and that hits Mary Kate they very briefly oh she clearly is affected by it it's odd it's like you can start to sort of tell that like while Mary Kate maybe doesn't give a fuck about getting Ashley somewhere on time she is confused as to why there's so much animosity when she's like I mean we could kick it you know so we do briefly jump back to Eugene Levy, who it gets so much weirder, you guys. It's like who appro- who greenlit the- who greenlighted this, greenlit, greenlit this. He's in his bizarro dungeon, obsessing, pacing over Mary Kate. Photos of her everywhere, all over the bulletin board. And now I'm like, this is absurd. This is just absurd. But it it truly the pinnacle. There are newspaper clippings with her photo in it. And it's like, she's America's Most Wanted. It's like, um, you know, Roxanne Ryan, number one truant in the city, narrowly escapes. And it's like, well, you have her photo and her name and she's a teenager. So how did she nearly escape? If she's making the newspaper, it's like, you know where she lives? Like, what? She's like, they. it's like, Roxanne Ryan, leader of a truancy ring in Nassau County. It's crazy because it makes it seem like it's not just Eugene Levy who is like crazy and taking his responsibilities to an outside level. But that she's but a that, famed like, criminal. Yeah, but that like the city thinks this is serious, which just doesn't make sense and isn't even true within the internal logic of the movie. Like, it how is she living at home with her dad and her sister, getting woken up by her alarm to go about her day to make up an excuse not to go to school? If she her photo is in newspapers next to Eugene Levy, it's like if my photo was in the newspaper saying, you know, town criminal under investigation, my dad wouldn't be taking my word for it that I was going to school anymore. <laughs> they just could have made him have a reason to seek her out. That isn't this. The police aren't looking for her for skipping school. This is stupid. But <laughs> they jump back to the train. <laughs> And the guy, Daryl Hammond, who's sitting between them, gets so irritated with him that he gets up to, like, go to the bathroom, right? He's like, oh, my God, I, like, have to get out of this. They're, like, bickering and they're fighting over me. They spill their coffee. They spill his coffee all over him. Oh, that's what it is. And it's so bananas. It's like his coffee's hot and Mary Kate has a Red Bull in her hand. So she pours more Red Bull on him to cool down that he spilt scalding coffee. It was just like. It made no sense. And I was like. It was like, girl, no. Like there's obviously scenes you see where it's like you're making it worse, not better. But this is just like you're pouring Red Bull (laughs) on a stranger. Like so he gets up to go to the bathroom to clean up. And. (laughs) At the same time, the ticket counter comes and Ashley's and Ashley's like, I have my ticket. And Mary Kate, of course, doesn't for no reason. And so she's like, watch this slick move and goes to go in the bathroom. But Daryl Hammond's already in there. She's banging and she's banging and she turns away for a second <laughs> and then goes to bang with her elbow. And I wrote it was the first time I really laughed out loud. He w- throws open the door and she, she elbows, elbows him right in the face. face. And he goes, I'm in hell. <laughs> 
it's like he's like she followed me to the bathroom to assault me and of course she just has like no idea he's in there and is like not paying attention and she's like oh my god i'm so sorry he leaves she goes into the stall to hide from the ticket counter of who inevitably follows her and bangs on the door this was the first part where i was like oh this is a new thing they're doing like you were describing earlier where it's like they're aware they've got hot girls in this movie and the girls are aware that they're hot and they can sort of be like, we're hot girls as like a, mm-hmm. a an actual plot device in this, which was so new to me um, as like watching these all back to back. But she throws open the door and, and, and almost does like a sexy lean, like with her elbow and is like, oh, maybe we can like work something out here, which was shocking mm-hmm. to me. Like really was like, that's a, that's a new thing that hasn't been there before. And he, of course, doesn't fall for it. And the next thing you see, he's throwing her off the train. And she yells up at him, it's over. Like, they were a thing. Or, like, they were having a romantic thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like, employing your sexuality to get out of trouble? That's a new thing for us. That's a new element but i did think it was such a stretch that we were supposed to get that she was like haha she's so delusional that they're like breaking up when and it's like i feel like she could have shouted something funnier yeah or something more like it's over was like what do you mean bitch he literally rejected the fuck if that was a real like attempt it didn't work and we saw it not work i just thought it was funny um but he does then mistake ashley who's still on the train who has a ticket. He's like, I just threw you the fuck off the train. Like, what are you doing back here? It's, that's some classic Mary Kane Ashley shit to me. Where it's like, I just saw you. How are you back? And she's like, but wait, I have a ticket. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard it all before. I just, I saw you. And she's like, that's my twin. And he just doesn't believe her. (laughs) It is funny. She's in totally different clothes and has a totally different haircut, but sure. Boys don't notice that kind of thing, Connor. Duh. Yeah, they really, the whole moral of the story is that men don't notice when you get a haircut. <laughs> but, so he throws Ashley off, too, and he throws her right into the arms of who, Jordan? Oh, Riley Smith, looking so One Mr. Cute. Riley Smith, who is on, like, a BMX bike, which I feel like is a very He's big like thing He's, like, a delivery man, and I was, like, typecast on this BMX bike. But it's so cute. He's instantly charming. The chemistry is instantly popping off. She gets her skirt stuck in his spokes. Mm-hmm. But he's very. And she does a little twirl. He is gently. It rips off the bottom like six inches of her skirt. And I mean, when I tell you, it's an improvement. It truly is. And he tells her that he said it still looks nice. <laughs> and it does. It's kind of flippy and like it's cute, cute yeah. and flirtier now. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 all very good, like very well choreographed physical humor with her that doing the spin and the rip. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both so surprised. And it's it's a very like they're doing a love at first sight thing. But he's got to get on the train. So he moves to get on the train and he's like, um, I'll see you later. And then they both are sort of like, how would we ever see each other again? And then he goes, hopefully. <laughs> and I was like, oh, charm, just charm oozing out of every blonde fried yeah. air follicle of his head. Yeah. So here we have the second sort of part of, you know, these guys that are chasing them and it just like makes no sense. But waiting in the parking lot on this stop, they can't get another train to New York. They've been thrown off. The next one isn't for hours. It's not going to work. They've got to find a way into the city. Enter Andy Richter, who plays just a guy with a limo waiting at the train stop they got thrown off on. 
This, like, someone has to just explain this to me. I, I just have made peace with I don't, I'm not following the full logic of the storyline. There is a very tall, mysterious Asian man on the platform near Mary Kate who makes eye contact with Andy Richter in front of his limo as he drops a mystery item into Mary Kate's bag. Uh, you know, you ultimately find out that this is some kind of a drop-off situation. Jordan, can you tell me a single reason why he couldn't have given Andy Richter the chip and why it was, in fact, important to hide it on Mary Kate and then kidnap Mary Kate? It's like, you guys are both here. You're at the platform. You can't, I don't know, put it in a trash can. If you're worried that someone's going to see you hand it, because, like, frankly, just go hand it to him. You're here to hand off this microchip. Hand it to him. If you can't, put it, hide it in a trash can. Not hide it under other. a park bench. Why is it hidden on a person, which, if anything, it seems it's much more risky that exactly what happens happens, which is she fucking fucks off with it. Yeah, I mean, they look directly at each other across the parking lot, smile and nod as though, They're like, six yeah, feet away. do it. This is a great idea. And it's like, what part of it is a good idea? I mean, I've... We must have missed something. I've gotten off the train in Long Island and you do just catch a cab. There are cabs just, like, waiting for you to take you wherever you're going whenever you, like, get off a train like that. But the weirdest, he approaches her in the absolute weirdest way. Like, one, he has a crazy accent that is incredibly offensive and he carries it throughout the entire movie. Two, he comes up to her and he's like, I have a limo. And she's like, I'm good. I don't get in cars with strangers. And he instead ups Insists the deal. Insists on giving her a ride. And he's like, I will give it to you for free. And then she's like, oh, bet. And it's like. Absolutely not. Like, what? Also, what was the doves? He crosses the parking lot and it's like 30 white doves fly up. I have no idea. Just like a dramatic entrance. Yeah, I have no idea. Someone tell me what we missed. Someone tell me why Mary Kate was ever a part of this handoff. Why she got involved in this. She goes to get in. First, she goes to tell Ashley that she's got a limo. She's got to ride into the city. Ashley doesn't want to go, but she doesn't have an option. Mary Kate goes to get in the limo and he grabs her bag. And she's like, no, I've got it. And he's like, no, I'll take it. And they like have a struggle over it. A tussle. And then she still goes to get in the limo. And it's just like, I get that Mary Kate is careless and I get that Mary Kate's like a free spirit and a rebel who's going to do crazy things. It doesn't make sense. He wasn't letting it go. He was insisting he give her a right. That's scary. Like why? He, uh, did you mention that he has like a fake Asian accent? Yep. It was giving Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Like, why is this a... Tra- and honestly, I didn't even know exactly what they were doing at first. I was like, they've given him some kind of a, like, speech impediment. Yeah. yeah. And then they explain it, and it's so fucking dumb and crazy. They climb into the car, and you get a flash of, I'm so mortified to tell you guys... Mary Kate's... Mary Kate's lime green thong. It was crazy. Jay noticed at first, and when I tell you we reround twice to confirm, who was making the decision making? Like, who edited this and was like, this is the part where you glimpse her lime green thong? It was, I was like, so conflicted. It's like, it just feels illegal, doesn't it? It didn't feel necessary. That's for sure. Yeah, it sure didn't feel necessary. I said, the fuck? Why? 
I do not know. And it's like, I mean, we were all victim of low rise jeans back then. So ladies be wary now. Maybe it wasn't fully intentional, but it was like... It almost seems like they'd be careful like, not to do that. Yeah, I think they could have been. I think they maybe should have been careful not to do it. I I don't know. Right. I mean, it's just the first of a couple times in this movie where I was like, it's weird to me that now we're in a space where, like, we're supposed to be looking at them like they're sexual objects because it's like, yeah, that's just exactly. not the point of these movies and it never has been before. That's what I'm saying. This is a different movie. This is them making rat race for teenagers. Like, this is them doing, like kind of American pie, but safer. So we jump back to Eugene Levy, who's like in his car and he's singing bad girl, bad girl, bad girl, what you going to do. And I just wrote, it's all so wrong. Just so wrong. Like he's obsessed with her and he's like singing about how she's a bad girl it was giving, like, something only 2004 can give, where it's like, we're all in on the joke that old creepy men love a bad girl. The bad girl's just Mary-Kate Olsen in this movie. And it's yeah, like, I mean, you can't deny, like, that the Ferris Bueller dynamic is simply not going to be the same dynamic once Ferris Bueller is a girl. Like, once a yes. man is chasing a... 18, maybe 18-year-old girl around New York City, you're no longer, like, he's just being driven crazy by the, like, frustrating nature of Ferris Bueller's Teenage Rebellion. He's suddenly obsessed with a child. You know, you know how teenage girls drive old men crazy. You know how teenage girls can really make a middle-aged man lose his mind. It's like, the fuck? The fuck is this movie? So, you get the backstory on Andy Richter. Once the girls get in the car, he calls... Who, you guys, I'm so mortified to explain this to you. It's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Who I guess is his adopted mother. And she's like an Asian gang lord. She's like in Chinatown in New York. She's like a Chinese gang criminal. Gang leader. Kingpin. Yeah. And on the phone, she tells him, stop doing a fake Chinese accent. And so he does. And you're like, oh, that's what he was doing i mean your jaw just hits the ground once you're like wait he was imitating chinese people like for fun for a joke and it's like sort of played off that he's like envious of his other siblings and he wants to be a part of so he's like does a fake chinese accent you guys i can't even it's so bad you could never there was no need for it i wrote the fuck is this movie and especially he could have one been played by a Chinese character. Two, <laughs> he could have wow. been Andy Richter involved. Jay, in that's this. radical. <laughs> you mean not hire a white guy to play? To like, play what? The fuck? He could have just been Andy Richter in a mob. You know what I mean? In some sort of mafia situation. There was no need for the accent. It was so uncomfortable the entire movie. Yeah. And this is, like, to piggyback on what you were saying about how, like, it's not funny anymore when um, Ferris Bueller is a girl. So they're in the car and they arrive. And then when they get to New York, there's a moment where he pushes all the locks down. And he turns around in the car and says, you know, mistake number one, never get in a car with a stranger. And when I tell you it's terrifying. They scream. It is. It scary. They scream. Of course they do. And I feel like this is the same thing, like you were saying about Eugene Levy, where it's like, this actually isn't funny. Like, women are kidnapped and murdered in real life and trafficked. And it's like, 
it's so frustrating to watch these movies and the like payoff is always, but they were never in any real danger. Like that's the way the world works where it's like, ha ha ha. The joke is that they're terrified they'll be raped and slaughtered, but ha ha ha. They're never in any real danger. And it's like, no, no, no. Women are in real danger of that literally constantly. So to play it for laughs in this movie, I thought it was triggering. I was like, you would shit your fucking pants mm-hmm. if you accepted a ride from a stranger. You got there and they, with a devious smile and a cackle, said, you're stupid to accept a ride from a stranger. Especially when it's like... Legitimately not funny. In 2023, I get in cars with strangers multiple times a week. I just was like, that's legitimately not funny. If I was a teenage girl, would I think it was funny? Like, I... I there it was, was nothing it was Andrew's like legit was triggering from me. Yeah. But so luckily he forgot to lock the moon roof, <laughs> the sunroof, and they crawl out the top. I mean, genius. I really was like, wow, that was lucky. Yeah. They run across the street down into the subway platform, and we have this whole fever dream scene on the subway platform where Ashley speaks Chinese. And it's Mandarin. like, it works. It fucking works. Or Ashley speaks Mandarin. They say in the movie, like, she speaks Chinese. And Jay pointed out, like, mm, that's not what so we call Ashley, it. Ashley, yeah, speaks Mandarin. And Mary-Kate knows, like, some type of, like, advanced Tai fighting. Chi. Or it's yeah. not Tai Chi. It's like, she's like a black belt. And she has, she uses her drumsticks as nunchucks. And they, like, battle the guy. You guys, this sounds like a level of a video game. Mm-hmm. This whole subway scene. And it's just, it's bizarro. But there is a line. It does not take place in a New York subway. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I was like, this is like in LA. I was like, they shot this on like the the LA red line. Um, No, but I did think the funniest line here is he's talking to them in Chinese, like shouting at them because he's like so angry. And he says, you know, I'm going to break you in two. And Ashley, back to him in Mandarin, says, we're already in two, you moron. <laughs> and I was like, great line, great line. Great it's line. funny that she says it back to him in Mandarin and he isn't expecting it. It's, it would have been funny in English. It's just a good line. Mm-hmm. But she, <laughs> she, they get away, you know, they successfully they push like, they him onto the shove train. him onto a subway. Yeah. yeah. And the train. I love that the train doors close. Will Train doors will always close in time to put a barrier between you and the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> when it's like, I mean, you just like stick an arm out and that door doesn't shut. In the scuffle, Ashley has broken her shoe. <laughs> but here's a moment again where he said it would come back around that she's a Republican. <laughs> This cracked me up because I was like, they're not just putting in the Bush bobblehead. They're not just putting in the Schwarzenegger photo. They are driving home her Republican value system because an unhoused person approaches her and has like a, a you know, a drink, uh, like blue Gatorade's drink on him. And Mary Kate, you know, a human being with empathy who voted blue goes to give him like five dollars and Ashley it's like here's what blows my mind what the fuck do you care if Mary Kate gives this person five dollars she throws herself in between god forbid a handout happen in her presence no handouts when Ashley's around and she throws herself in between Mary Kate and her literal good deed and says, he's diseased and he's just going to use that to further his disease or whatever, assuming that, like, yeah, yeah probably he's going to, like, buy behavior. some beer. Yeah. You're enabling his behavior. He's like, I was like, I mean, not that he is, like. But also it's, like, an absolute assumption about that person. <laughs> like, 
Well, I mean, ultimately he spills his drink all over her and and it's like reeks of alcohol, which I thought was so funny. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't get over that she couldn't stand to let Mary Kate give this person $5. Yeah. I was like, oh, she is a Republican. She's definitely a Republican. Um, but she gets slurpied, like Glee style. She gets fully and slushied. She it. And Jay goes, frankly, she deserved it. It's so true. It's like, mind your fucking own. Let someone get a little something. Let him go buy some beer for his for his trouble. Jesus. He's out and, all day. <laughs> like, yeah. Now he's got nowhere to sleep at night. Give him five dollars, Jesus. And so she's covered in this blue slushy stuff and it like reeks of alcohol. So now it's like, what do we go do? We're not gonna Our first alcohol sighting in American Ashley movie. I know. I thought that, too. The first time they ever mention alcohol. Mm -hmm. So wild. I do think that there is a lot of bad um, things that they put in here, like that the unhoused person is drinking a bunch of, like, purple drink in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. There's more stuff that will come up, like that um, Andy Richter's um, Chinese family is a family of criminals. Like there is just stuff that's like, wow, we really did just go. People will get this. It's a stereotype. We don't need to be responsible. We don't need to be thoughtful about what we're saying. People just understand that stereotypes in these profiles about people are like real and true. And like, we don't need to linger on it, but you definitely notice it. It's New York city. It's a diverse place. They're going to run into a lot of people and they make a lot of assumptions about a lot of people. Um, so as they're looking for a place to clean up, they pass a vendor on the street who's selling bootleg DVDs and there is a holiday in the sun too on sale on the street, like a little Easter egg. Yeah. Luckily holiday in the sun too does not really exist. No such film holiday in the sun too, but it was a cute little Easter egg. And I think a nod to their like former shit. So they get to a bodega. We were talking about it, like, why even go into the bodega bathroom? It's literally going to be dirtier than you are now. Yeah. And honestly, most of the times they won't even let you go back there. <laughs> so, like, you don't He barely did. Yeah. He barely did. But there's a really cute bit where it's, like, um, you have you can only go if you're a customer. So Mary Kate's like, I'll buy some shit. And she just, like, keeps the counter guy busy while she picks up chips. She's, like, trying She's on like, all the sunglasses. For later. Yeah. yeah. They become bros, She's like, honestly. as though she might purchase some sunglasses while Ashley goes in the back and she falls in the toilet. I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Why would that happen? But MK, here's the thing. It's like, I think she makes an effort to be helping Ashley this whole movie. And Ashley is so utterly irritated by Mary-Kate the whole time that you yeah. start to be like, this is a drag. Except, and, and Mary-Kate owns this later, but that it's like, except everything that goes wrong goes wrong because of Mary-Kate. So it's like, Mary-Kate's yeah. like, I'm trying to help you. And it's like, bitch, if you had not come today at all, I'd be on the yeah. train at Columbia giving my speech. Yeah, it really is true. It's too bad. I mean, just, you know, Mary-Kate really sells it, though, that she's just an innocent in all this. She's so funny at that counter. Like, I honestly think you could just do the bit. unaware of how her actions impact Yeah, and she's like, I got you, girl. I'll distract the guy. She's always looking for, like, a shortcut or a way to, like, not actually pay or, like, whatever. What it's like, you obviously could. And it's in this moment, they don't have the way to pay for any of the stuff Mary-Kate ate or picked up. 
And Ashley realizes she doesn't have her day planner, which has her entire speech that she needs to deliver at three o'clock to get into to uh, Oxford. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. And it's very scary. We immediately know the stakes are high. She left it behind with Andy Richter in the limo. How is she going to get it back? How are they going to get cleaned up? Luckily, it is but 10.30 in the morning <laughs> and her speech is at 3 o'clock. And they, like, give you that, like, time check, I feel like, throughout the movie. Where it's like, two and a half hours remain! <laughs> it's like, damn, good thing you guys got there a full work day before she needed to Taste be there so that you could run around. Good job, Ashley. Yeah, literally all day. Okay, I'm going to say it. What they do next is downright genius. This yes. is all Mary Kate. I mean, she doesn't redeem herself because I think what you're saying is true. She wouldn't even need this if Mary Kate was like a normal person who bought a train ticket. But the what? The Four Seasons is across the street? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know. I, they're uptown this entire time. They're like at Columbia. They're like right at the edge of the park. And so they go into like the plaza or something. And yeah, and on their way in, Mary Kate shouts, I'm Paris and she's Nikki. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, welcome. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Um, and basically Mary Kate has this classic like made in Manhattan idea of like I'll go we'll go into a room that somebody is currently using while they're not in it like that uh, that somebody's renting while they're not in it and we will like freshen up you know what I mean so good and she catches the door someone they go up on a floor and someone's exiting their hotel room and you can assume that you've got it as much time as it takes for the maid to get there And she grabs, throws, jumps and throws her drumstick in the door and catches it. And I thought, there is literally no free better place to clean up. You're in a hotel room. You've got a shower. You've got, like, I was like, I'm not going to lie. This is fucking good. This is smart and good. Mm -hmm. If you have no money and you're in the middle of the city to be able to get into a hotel room, pretty fucking genius. But I thought they were going to, I thought for sure they were going to do a made Manhattan thing where they were going to wear that woman's clothes. Oh, me too. Because they opened the closet. But they they so they've got a beat here to like gather their bearings. They're safe. They're in a hotel room. They don't know how they're going to get the day planner back (laughs) and they get a phone call. So Mr. Andy Richter found their phone number, Ashley's cell phone number in her day planner and is calling them to be like, you've got something of mine, of which they have no idea they've got this chip on them yet. And I've got something of yours. We need to work together. But they haven't, like, caught up, really. You know, Andy Richter calls his adopted mother and you find out there's millions of dollars in pirated music. And I was like, that's dumb. <laughs> like, the fact that pirated music could ever be worth millions of dollars. Like, I know that this is before streaming. So I guess the idea is that it's like they're going to burn them onto CDs and sell CDs. That aren't available in other countries. Yeah, like, so I'm following, but it's, like, this is just, like, LimeWire, and then you burnt a CD. Like, no one would give you a fucking dollar for a LimeWire CD, you know? Like, how is it worth money? So he calls them. (laughs) There's a dog in there, too. Sorry, I'm so distracted. This is a really funny part of the movie, you guys. It is. This is, like, maybe the funniest scene. So I wrote down here where he's talking on the phone and explaining the pirated movie thing, and Jace looks over to me. And says, is this racist? And I said, yeah, deeply. <laughs> like, the implication that, like, the goal that they're at as a family unit is, like, <laughs> deeply criminal. 
she is like, please, I'll do anything to get my planner back. And he's like, shut up. I talk. You listen. And she's like, good idea. <laughs> it's like so funny how quickly she agrees with them. And he's like, you have my chip. You have my chip. And she's like, Roxy, did you eat this man's chips? <laughs> and she's like, no, I did not eat his chips. She, <laughs> she, didn't eat like, chips. she says she didn't eat your chips, dude. <laughs> So funny. I don't know how they made it so funny. She didn't eat your chips. When Ashley, they've like decided they didn't, she didn't eat the chips. And Mary Kate's on the bed waiting for Ashley in the shower. And she finds the chip in her bag. And she, for no reason, takes it out of the safety container it's in. And just places it on the room service tray that she's eating at. So as she's doing that, she's sitting on the bed in a robe that has to be size XXX small and is swallowing her whole like it is a size like triple of it is like at her knees. The <laughs> fact that they couldn't even find a robe that looked like it made sense on her tiny body. Like I get that she has a body that like clothes don't fit. Like size double zero is baggy on Mary Kate at this time in her life. I get it. But it looks so crazy that the waist of this robe is like mid thigh on her. She's sitting on the bed. Enter season two, Dean. This is absolutely the second season of Go- of Gilmore Girls, Dean. Jared Padalecki comes into the hotel and you realize that the person who was renting the hotel is his mother and she is a senator. And he has come to like either like pick up the dog or like spruce up himself or whatever, but they're not alone. And I'm so sorry to tell you, they do this, like, slow-mo hair flip thing when she looks up to Ashley look at him. Ashley comes out of the bathroom, and it's like the whole scene slows down. They, like, play sexy music while they, like, both flip their hair at the same time. Wow. And Jared Padalecki goes, is it my birthday or something? Yeah, it's, like, it's brutal. Ew. It's brutal. And it's, like, doing male fantasy. And it was one thing on the train where she's, like... Oh, I got an idea. I got to think fast. Maybe I can seduce him. This scene just implies that they're just accidentally hanging out can be read as extremely sexy and seductive because they don't know Jared Padalecki's coming in. They're not trying to get anything from Jared Padalecki. And yet they're both flipping their hair and like... It's, it's so just male a fantasy. Weird perspective change from Mary Kate Nashley to just this one scene suddenly, suddenly being from Jared Padalecki's perspective, and it's like, why? Yeah, for what purpose? And you know it's what I like wrote? A tonal shift. This movie isn't for the girlies. In that you moment, know. I was like, damn, like this movie ain't for the girls in the way that Mary Kate Nashley directed home video. Like this movie is for the American Pie audience. In that moment, in that moment the shift happens but it's like just this one scene Mm, yeah they do it i feel like in the upcoming scene when they're running through new york in the towel and they're half naked and some people are like whoa or like there's a couple twin stuff where it's like other people are definitely putting it on them but these jared padalecki's mom's dog eats the chip because mary kate took it out of her fucking bag and out of the container and put it on the tray it's like why (laughs) this didn't this was not necessary you could have kept it safe but sure put it in a place where it's gonna come into harm's way they are honestly being so funny in this scene and it's like why would dean not care that they're in there he isn't even for a second like he says the thing where is it my birthday but then he's not like 
okay, we, I have to like call security. Like this, my mother's things are in here. Like this is, and they're like, no, 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 no. You got to help us out. Like (laughs) when he's on their side, he's like willing to help them. He's immediately on their side. Yeah. They're trying to get the dog to poop. He's like, yeah. They're like, it's so funny for a while. He and Mary Kate are like tossing the dog back and forth to each other because they need to like get it to poop. He's just like along for the ride now. He's just like immediately fallen in love with Mary Kate. And it's like here to help. They are tossing the dog back and forth. And then they eventually toss the dog out the window. Yeah. At one point, Ashley says, this dog is my life. And when he poops, it's poop will be my life. And it's so funny. It's because she needs her planner back that bad. And I was like, (laughs) honestly, it's gone. It's dead. If it's me and it was with a kidnapper, a literal trafficker, for all I knew, I'm sorry. But I'm remembering that speech from Heart Baby. Absolutely no. Somebody get me a pen and pad of paper right now. Yeah. Because we're creating it from memory, baby. And Dean explains who who he and his mother are. And it's like, Ashley almost has a heart attack. And it's so funny because Mary Kate, she's like, he's a senator. And Ashley goes, oh my god I can never run for office and Mary Kate looks at Dean and is like you shouldn't have said that like like, she's freaking out so much more now that it's like an elected official I mean she's just so Republican in this oh fuck that reminds me the funniest when they break into the hotel room Ashley says this is how Nixon went down and I was like oh yeah I was like I love that her Republicanness is a recurring joke in this movie but anyway the dog flies out the window out goes Ashley. It's on this ledge. Ashley climbs out in her, in her towel. I feel like this is the most iconic scene from the movie. I feel like them, like, in the yeah. towel on the ledge. They cl- She's climbing out on the ledge trying to chase the dog down. Mary-Kate's like, Ashley, be careful. And she's like, I have to do this. The senator comes home. And so Mary-Kate's out the window, yeah. too. So now we're both on the lounge. Jared Padalecki is doing, honestly, some hero work, trying to convince his mom not to look out Why? the window as they do some classic he, slapstick. Seconds like, ago, he the met these the girls. turns. We're falling down beneath the ledge. We're like, back up. We're yeah. Like, it's The mom so, turns her head and we run past the window. It's so convoluted. It's pretty funny. It's just so silly to think, like, even a teenage boy who found twins in there, that he would be like, yeah, mom, I don't know where your dog is. Uh, go, guys. Go, 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 go. It's like, what? Yeah. You, they broke into your room. Like, <laughs> and kidnapped your dog. And kidnapped your dog. Yeah. So they're on, the, like, the window washer they're thing. fucking scary to me. Oh, my God. Terrifying. I'd be like, no, bitch. Like, this is nothing is worth this. This isn't even her planner. It's one thing if she's out there on the ledge for the planner. She's out there on the ledge for a dog who may or may not deliver a chip, who may, which may or may not be allowed to be traded for. It's like... No, I'm sorry. Get back in the hotel. Like, get your clothes back on. Get your clothes. Figure something yeah. out. So, of course, the trolley, like, drops 30 floors, and we <laughs> flies past the hotel room of uh, Daryl Hammond <laughs> from SNL, who we see again, and he's terrified that they've appeared again in his life, like, <laughs> traumatized from them on the train. It's so funny. He's got, like, a broken nose yeah. from where she He's like, oh, my God, they've, like, found me. And I do love when movies do that and and in this when it's like they've found a way to intertwine everyone that they meet throughout the movie over and over and over again and they hit the ground floor and fly out into a dumpster and they're safe of course they do a little bit where like Ashley loses her towel which again I'm saying it's it's the American Pie audience they're doing like sex comedy light in this for sure um but luckily while we are 
landing in our towels, Ashley runs headfirst back into oh my God. Riley Smith. Yeah, he, she sure does. And now he's like, I can't believe I saw you again. And you're in a bath I towel. I saw you again. <laughs> I know. And he's like, um, we've got to stop meeting like this. And Ashley's like, I don't mind. It. Oh, that was she's cute like, as fuck. It's so cute. It's so and cute. it's like, the she's in the middle so of a literal cute. crisis. She's like chasing and she's like, I don't mind if we keep on. It's like, Ashley, you forget <laughs> yourself, madam. You forget yourself. It's so cute. He's such a gentleman doesn't even mention the fact that she's in a towel. <laughs> He's just is like, how can I see you again? And Mary Kate is like, we are naked on the streets of New York. We cannot be stopping and talking to bike messengers. But she, I, he's like, I, how do I find you? And Ash, Mary Kate says, call her, call five 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 eight seven eight seven. And I'm like, all right, that's convenient that you could shout an eight digit phone number to someone, and it happened to be one that's highly, highly easy to remember. It's like being like, just call me. My number is 11. And it's like, yeah, that fucking works. <laughs> like 555-8787. Oh, it's so, oh, I guess I didn't even need a pen. Convenient. Yeah, I remembered yeah. it. So they're chasing the dogs. They run by, here's the Bob Saget cameo. It's weird. I think it's so weird. I think because it's like everyone's watching the hot twins and towels run through the city that that, and they do almost yeah. like he recognizes them or that he just thinks it's odd. So they catch up to the dog. And they get, like, a moment to catch their breath, and they happen to be with, like, a, um, like a... Like, I Heart New York I Heart New York stand. And it's, like, just very conveniently, because they've already established they have no cash, Ashley's able to trade her watch for skirt, t-shirt, and heels. This is their most infamous, like, look from the movie, and they do look... They look great. So cute. Yeah. They look so cute. It's, like, red, almost, like, schoolgirl pleated skirt. And the I Heart New York t-shirt and then heels, like stilettos. And they just look cool. They just look so mm-hmm. cute. And it's like, oh, we have to be in our touristy clothes. And I'm like, frankly, it's a vibe. It's a look. You're pulling it off completely. And they decide, like, okay, it could be time to part ways for a little bit here. Ashley has the dog. The dog has the chip. She's going to go trade for her day planner. And she decides, you know what, Mary-Kate, you should just go on to your, um, you know, music video thing. The- yeah, the Simple Plan music video. It's the whole reason Mary-Kate's come in. She's got the demos from, from Jack. Jack Osborne to give to the producers at the Simple Plan music video. I don't know how Mary-Kate got on the list to be an extra in the I don't Simple think Plan she music is. video. I don't think she is. I think they do say at the beginning, because he's like, you're the hottest one in the band, that they just know there is going to be an opportunity and that they're filming in the city. And so they're like, just go and try and get in the video, try to get on set, try to like smooth talk. Like, I think it's very much like we have no sh- connections in the suburbs. So we're going to go try to just be at stuff and get lucky. And I mean, mm-hmm. that, and that is just kind of how Mary-Kate like lives her life. She doesn't buy a ticket on the train. She just goes and sees if she can get on the train. So at this point, they decide to split up, which I'm like, I'm sorry, at the very moment where Ashley's about to go like make an exchange with a hardened criminal yeah, I don't who need kidnapped to do them previously. It's like, maybe this is the one you guys go to together. Like, what if I think this is a rendezvous that takes two? <laughs> mm-hmm. But Ashley's yeah, had enough. For the day. She's like, uh-uh. I'm, I'm over it. Although she has seen Riley Smith twice now. So it's like, who is she mad at about this day? I know. Also, Mary-Kate's last idea was the only good one she's had. So it's like, you would think she was on an upswing. But Ashley's tired of hanging out with her. <laughs> but so again, you know, she goes to meet up with Andy Richter and he throws her into the backseat of a car. And again, I'm triggered. I'm sorry. It's, it's not scary. funny. It's too much for a laugh. It, it's and terrifying. And she's so little. 
Like, it would be scary if it was anyone, but she is genuinely a child and a petite one as well, that he really does just, like, grab her by her middle and throw her in the backseat. Yeah, it's scary. I don't like it. And it's like, oh, please. It's all for fun. And he's doing this, like, very offensive accent the whole time. It's just yeah. hard to watch. It's hard it's to watch. It's a hard to watch scene. So we cut back to Mary-Kate, who is made her way onto the simple plan, sort of like... <laughs> surprise, surprise, it was not hard. It wasn't <laughs> hard. They said, come on through. And who is there? Dean runs into her, like in the street. And we're oh, going to yeah. call him Dean. Sorry. You guys know it's Jared Padalecki, but frankly, like, come on. Does he even have a name in the movie? Oh, it's Trey. Oh, yeah. I remember Trey. Trey yeah, was so such we're an call 04 him name. Like, Trey. <laughs> I think that was the name of the kid from High School Musical, too, right? No, Troy. Troy Bolton. Troy. Oh, my God. Bite your tongue. <laughs> Sorry. But I'm like, Trey is the name of, like, Charlotte's first husband on Sex and oh, the City. Oh, Trey. You're right. Trey. Like, why? It's like, Garbage. Ooh, I don't know. I don't wait, trust it's the name Trey. Of, wait, what's the name of Ryan Atwood's brother? Trey. I think it, it's Trey. A hundred percent. It's Trey. <laughs> what you say? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, we don't have a good history with Trey. So we're going to call him Dean. We don't have a good track record. And he's just so not a Trey. Like Dean. He, I can't believe his name isn't Dean. To look up at that six <laughs> fucking 610 motherfucker and tell me his name. He's not a Dean in real life. It's just like shocking. Anyway. <laughs> that's. And he's like, where's my dog? And Mary-Kate's like, uh, oh, <laughs> I don't I know, have it. So, so then here's where I wrote, like, there's now we're just in the Simple Plan music video. Like, she's on stage. She's getting what she wanted. She sees Trey. They're waving. They're like, oh, hey, it's you. Oh, my God. And I wrote, it's just so cringy how we, like, the collective we, thought Simple Plan were so cool. Like, we really thought they were so cool. Like, they were that motherfucking... They were those guys. I remember, and it's like, I loved that record, and everyone loved that record, and it was Simple Plan, and it was, like, the era of, like, just barely post-Avril Lavigne. It's like, is it cringe? It was of its time. No, no, no. Like, of course. I'm no, glad no, no, no. we were having fun. Of course. <laughs> it's totally of its time. It's just so hard to imagine watching it now that it was so cool. This is so crazy how mainstream this was. It wasn't even niche. This was like the fucking Billboard Hot 100 is this motherfucker like whining into the microphone. It's so it's wild. I know, but it's like now you can't like listen to a mu new musician that isn't like a breathy girl over a slight piano song singing about songs that don't even rhyme. And I love them. I, I eat them up. Them I can't get enough of the pop girlies. You're, you make a like, great point. It's all of a time. You make a great point. It really was the era. And it's just, it's so hard to put yourself back there when you see it like as a yeah. grown up. It's so, it's so crazy. So now suddenly, I don't know if you guys remember that fucking Eugene Levy's in this movie. He grabs her and she's like, okay, you got me, but really quick, you should check your fly. And he does. And it works. She like slips away from him because he's like, oh, is my fly down? And I'm like, see, that feels very Billboard Dad. This is a Mary Kay Nashley mm -hmm. movie because it's like, what? But then they employ it a second time because security grabs hold of Eugene Levy and is like, what the hell are you doing back here? Finally, someone's making sense in this movie. Sir. Mr. Eugene Levy, what the fuck are you doing back here? And he says to them, <laughs> your fly's down. And it works again. And he's like, hmm, I got to remember that. And I'm like, this is so... It reminded me of, like, Mr. Bean humor. It's like, yeah, what? completely. Completely. <laughs> you guys are ever in trouble. Apparently, that one never misses. 
Yeah. Well, so Ashley shows up again, but I, I like, forgot how she gets there. Basically, she escapes from Andy Richter. The dog oh, pees yeah. on Andy Richter and in she his, bolts. like, kind of frantic, uh, gross, uh, like, reaction to that. She grabs the dog. She leaves the day planner in the limo, but she does, like, escape the other side of the limo. I can't believe she the, the fucking day planner. Like, you know, get all real. Like, leave the dog. Leave the dog. <laughs> take the day planner. A hundred percent. Like, leave. <laughs> But so then she runs all the way back to the simple plan to reconnect back up with Mary Kate. So now she's in the simple plan concert. Also, it also was not hard for Ashley to get well, in. Amazing. Even though she has a dog. <laughs> I know. She gets the dog in with her. And then she's just in the music video. And Mary Kate's like, everybody jump, jump, jump. Yeah. <laughs> and they fly into the crowd. Here's what I'll say. Crowd surf. The, they do the crowd surf well. It's, it's so cute. cute. This whole scene is so cute. It's dumb. It's silly. I could have done without Eugene Levy because I think he is a predator and a pedophile. <laughs> um, but <laughs> same with Andy Richter, honestly. It's so cute. They get like a moment. They get a break where it's like they're clean. They're not covered in someone else's like vomit or dirt or bodega toilet. They're in their cute matching outfits. They've got like a beat to be like enjoying being in the city and they're in this music video. And even Ashley is like really, really having fun. It's she cute. chucks the she, <laughs> she does, does she, she just chucks that into dog. the crowd. And then she just chucks the dog. Oh out my god. Head. It's really it really works for me. And I'm like, okay, this is I'm having a blast. Like this is like it's cute. Damn, it's been a day, but like, can you believe? Like, how did how did we get here? Mm-hmm. So they have to like eventually run away. Eugene Levy sees them. He's on to them. They're running from him. I don't know why they don't fucking call the police on Eugene Levy. Like you've got a stalker and you're a minor. But they go, let's hide in this tent. And it happens to be one of those pop up things they they put up to like keep people out of manholes. <laughs> they fly. They fall into a manhole. Both of them would have broken all their legs and their necks. Like it's just like <laughs> absolutely no. And the first thing Jay goes, oh, God, they just got clean. Like, she's like, they're dirty <laughs> no, again. Really no. <laughs> so this is part, this is what I'm going to call part one of the, like, emotional weighty part of this mm-hmm. movie. They sort of have a conversation about, you know, we don't spend time together anymore. This is the first time we spent together time together in years. Since mom died. And I even was like, do we have to do this part? <laughs> like, I was like, I was having so much fun a minute ago. And Mary-Kate's kind of like, hey, you were having fun, too. I saw you. You loved that music video. And, like, I'm pretty fun to be around if you will, like, let your guard down. And Ashley's kind of like, you're crazy. And they still have the fucking dog. (laughs) But it's like, oh, wow. To me, it was the challenge. It was giving, like, wait, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, why have we been fighting it this whole time? We have so much fun together when we, like, let ourselves and I liked that when Mary Kate's like, admit it, you were having fun too. Ashley's like, I was acting for the camera. And it's so cute because she knows <laughs> she's in the music video. And it's like, I will not do one thing half-assed. Even if I did not mean to get into the thing, I'm going to serve and I'm going to serve full <laughs> I was acting for the camera. So cute. They cut to um, their dad, Dr. Drew, at work and he completely misses that they're in the simple like he could literally look up at the tv at any moment on the news and see that his daughters are in a simple plan music video another thing they do all the time in these kinds of movies that like it's just a classic ferris bueller moment yeah yeah it's very ferris bueller absolutely and it's like how did you miss it he's right there on tv they climb out of the sewer 
All right, here we go. Here's here's a tough pill to swallow because this scene is so they're headed to Columbia, so they're going yeah, uptown. They're going Guess uptown. What's uptown, Harlem. You guys buckle up. This this scene would not get airplay twenty bad. years later. It and 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 when they get out of the subway, you start to get that feeling in your pitted stomach, like oh no, I don't think there's like a sensitivity uh, coordinator on set. Here. Yeah, I think Mary Kate and Ashley are ready to handle the, the delicacies yeah. of American race. It's relations. funny too because sometimes scenes like this start to make the rounds on the internet, on Twitter, on TikTok, whatever. When it's like, ooh, this was in really bad taste, and I just don't feel like this one did. Um, but so they decide they need to get some new clothes. They need to wash up. They've been in the sewer. And they go into something called like the gold room or the go- like it's like a hair salon, and it is a classic yeah. like barbershop situation. They go into the hair salon. The second they enter the hair salon, they stop dead. They gasp. They're like, they oh, are like, fuck! <gasps> it's a room full of black people having their hair done. People. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, you're literally in Harlem. People are like going about their day, doing their like regular ass errands at their day job. American actually like, oh god whoops and one of them says we are so not in kansas anymore and i wrote that you said oh no is this gonna be racist (laughs) and it's just like the shock and terror on their faces that they've that they're immediately in a bad situation it's like somewhere they're not walked into a fucking place of business like do you need something do you want to ask for directions like it's so it's gnarly and it's like you can tell that it's like oh have mary kate and ashley never met a black person like it's just like seeming that way yeah it was it's brutal it's truly like guys it doesn't need to be this deep like do you need something so they have that moment it's problematic the whole way through let me say that the whole scene is problematic for many reasons but Ashley starts to have a panic attack that she's going to miss her speech. She's like, oh, my God, I only have an hour and a half left. And Mary Kate is so hyper-focused on her sister um, that she's able to forget, I guess, that she's terrified of her surroundings in that moment. But she goes to work singing to Ashley, which, like, calms her down. And the whole barbershop chimes in and starts to sing with Mary Kate to calm Ashley down. And I was like, what the fuck? This is so sweet. This is like community coming together. They're strangers. They walked into their store and I like, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it was sweet. I thought that was like a cute scene where everybody starts to sing along because they're like, these people are freaking out in the middle of our store. We need to like do what (laughs) we need to like help calm her down. And she is freaking out. It's just the whole scene. Like, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to do like a hairspray. Like, yeah. we walked in here and then we came out family. We didn't know what to expect, but we judged you wrongly or yeah. And yeah, but also just like one of those classic like... um. Ferris Bueller moments where it's like, and then you guys helped us out of a tough spot and now we're bonded. You know what I mean? It's, I see what they're trying to do. What it actually gives is very like, they're going to give us these clothes for free. They're going to do our hair for free. I mean, I don't know that it's giving like that they're entitled to. Like, I think the suggestion is that this is like a really nice group of people that you probably would never have expected is a nice group of people. That's the part where it's like, 
what the fuck? You know what I mean? Where it's like, let me turn your expectations on its head. And it's like, why were those the expectations? Like, that's the part that's like, ew. Yeah, but you can't deny that they don't pay them for the services that they do. I don't deny that, but I'm saying. And they do do their hair multiple times that Mary-Kate and Ashley are like, this is dumb. This is like... No, no, no. Jay, there's no argument against how wear. deeply racist all the, like, it's like, it's giving like a really problematic thing. It's just not a good look. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's offensive. I think, obviously, the way that it's like, see how we flip that on its head? is like, well, why is that flipping and it's on its head? Like, you know, that they helped her. And then when they fix her up, it's like, you know, they should have not done any of these. They give Ashley like a big afro and she's like, ooh. And at one point she's like, I'd like to, you know, because they're like, let's do a little bling. And she's like, to be clear, I'd like corporate bling, which I thought was very funny. But it's like her fear is that they're going to like hood her up. Like, it's brutal. It is. It's brutal. And again, I was shocked this scene doesn't. It was offensive. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked this scene doesn't circulate on the internet. It, it was – and then they do – Ashley also gets a long weave and nails and then she's doing a booty shaking scene to be like – she's into the like costume of it. It's just – it's costumes. That's and the issue. And grateful to them. Grateful to Mary-Kate and Ashley. I mean, I think that they seem happy to help in a way that is a, a white person fantasy – that's what I mean. I mean, like, when they leave and the woman is like, no, thank you for coming in. Please take my son's car. Like, please don't pay me anything, but come back. It's just like, it's exactly what you said. It's a, a white person's It's a white person's fantasy, yeah. Or a white supremacy fantasy. Yeah, that, like, they didn't need to dress them up like that. They didn't, because they're laughing at it. I mean, that's the thing. That's the joke, right? How ridiculous are these, you know, of the era... We would never wear this. We would never wear this. We would never really wear this. Yeah, absolutely. How hilarious. And it's played for laughs and it's offensive. Then they give them their taxi. And the car chase is goofy, but it's so funny. You find out that Ashley never passed her driver's license test. That's why Mary-Kate has the car and is the one who drives. And they're like flying around New York trying to get away again from Eugene Levy. (laughs) Eugene Levy has, like, co-opted this tourist couple's, like, RV. It's really funny. And he's chasing them. It's really, really, really funny. And in the at a moment they stop at a red light, they pick up a passenger in their cab. Guess who it is? The guy from the train. <laughs> Daryl Hammond from the train in the hotel is like, no! <laughs> it's it's so funny! I loved that. I was like, <laughs> I love that he cannot get away from them. They're flying through streets and stuff. He's like getting more and more afraid of them every time he sees them. <laughs> yeah, Eugene Levy is like chasing them through a narrow alleyway and the the RV gets stuck and they, they get away. I loved the car chase. I loved – oh, it didn't make sense because it was like they slide in and, and Mary-Kate happens to get in the passenger seat. And she's like, do you know how to drive? And I'm like, well, then why not just swap real quick? Like, if this is a concern, like, literally Mary-Kate can drive. We saw it with our eyes this morning. It's the whole first part of the movie. So, like, why is it important that Ashley drive except that it facilitates this hilarious thing? I liked it. Mm -hmm. So they decide they need to, like, now they're going to, like, link up with the journal guy again in Times Square. And I'm like, you already had this plan. And he tried to kidnap you. Why now are you making a second meeting place? 
come to Times Square or else, like, we'll burn the journal or whatever. So they get to Times Square and they have a huge fight. It's heartbreaking. Honestly, it's like this is where the production of the movie really played to its strengths because we're in Times Square. So it's a dramatic setting. We're like pulled in close to their faces. We're doing like classic cuts back and forth close-ups to each girl's face so that you can really see like the emotions of the fight play out on their face in real time which like in a typical American national movie everything's very like wide shot like everything's very like everybody's in one shot together doing the best they can but the production of this is really adds to it basically Mary-Kate is like you're so uptight because you feel like you have to be mom all the time. And Ashley finally gives it to her and basically says, I feel like I have to be mom all the time because you don't do anything. You've got, you take no responsibility for anything that happens for For your your life, life. for our shared space or life. And everything that has happened today has been your fault. Is your fault. Yeah. And she also makes a good point. I think where it's like, Mary Kate's like, who asked you to be perfect? Why do you have to get the yeah. grade? Why do you have to do this? And she's like, you know, dad never made it to a single one of my games because he was always in parent teacher conferences with you. Dad never was able to see me win a single debate team theme because he was a, and it's like, I think that's fair to be like, you after mom died required so much parental attention. That I became the parent like, of myself. Yeah, exactly. And like I had to achieve and achieve and achieve because I wasn't getting an ounce of um, recognition. Mm-hmm. I, I was getting I, – I couldn't make dad proud because dad didn't have a spare moment to look over and notice I was doing anything because you took – you know, you're two handfuls. Mm-hmm. And I think that is like so real that it's like – you know, mom and dad only have so much energy to give to parenting and you took up 80% of it. So I guess I better be doing pretty well. I guess I, I guess I better be okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was sad and it felt real. And I was like, why couldn't they apply this level of realistic emotional depth to, I don't know, like the reason Eugene Levy's chasing. <laughs> yeah, completely. <laughs> like, it was just like, this all makes sense. Like this, this is completely makes sense about what would create a falling out between sisters that were so different like this. And they really acted their little asses off, didn't they, Jay? I mean, they are both on the verge of tears. And it's like, you are right you up feel in their it. faces. You can see it. They're both sad. They're both angry. Then they're both making points. And they part ways in Times Square. And like, we turned to each other and said, that one hit. That one, that was the worst fight we've seen them have. Let me ask you this. Do you think either of them have ever turned in a performance like that scene in in, in um, New York Minute? Um, you know what I'm going to say? That time that Mary Kate. <gasps> I was thinking the same thing in the in jail. In the sun. Oh my God. JJ. Oh my God. That's that so crazy. Real. I was going to say, I can only think of one other time where I was like, she is acting. And it's when she screamed at the boyfriend in the jail in Holiday and mm-hmm. Sun. Which is crazy because that's like famously the movie where there's like the least movie Amount stuff of, in it. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. No, I completely agree. real. I think she was she was giving actress in that scene. She's so enraged. And this they both really are sad. They both really like ha- like cut into each other in this and I just don't think we ever get that serious before this mm-hmm. movie. Not going to lie, that one hurt. Um 
So this part I had to say just made me laugh because they've now parted ways. They've agreed that like they're fine. Then, you know, I'm going to Columbia to get away from you I, or not Columbia. I'm, I'm trying to go to Oxford so I can get away from you, which is pretty crushing. I think you said that she says that on the train. She does not. She saves that for this moment. To, she like, says reveal. it both times. But yeah, it is pretty crushing. Ashley, Mary Kate's like, oh, I guess she like so means far. it this time. Yeah. yeah. And Ashley's like, yeah, it's far on purpose. It's you I want to get away from. Yeah. So they separate, but like they do this walk and think thing where it's like music is playing and I'm like first of all I thought Ashley was on a time crunch guess not but second of all they pass no less than like four sets of sisters like okay I get you see like one set and you're like oh that makes me sad and then it's like more sisters more sisters so it's like this almost seems like a bit it's like an SNL skit (laughs) where it's like now there's eight sets of twins like why are there so many siblings in your path Mm -hmm. I just thought it was funny I was like not another set of sisters So Ashley goes to meet again this guy who's tried to kidnap her now three times to get her uh, planner back. And I, like, don't think she does. I don't remember. He picks her up and he throws her in the back of the van. And then he takes her to a second Second location. location. Which is like a basement in Chinatown. What the fuck? Which is so far away from Columbia. so Like, she's terrifying And terrifying. She it's not funny. I just can't get over that. This isn't. Funny. That's not worth it for a joke that a teenage girl is kidnapped and taken to a basement in Chinatown. I can't make it. I can't make it funny. And they didn't. But basically, while that's happening, Mary Kate is walking around sad, looking at twins she sees on the street, and she comes across the stretch limo that the guy abandoned to kidnap Ashley in a truck. And inside the stretch limo is the planner. The guy and doesn't not even only- have the planner anymore. He doesn't even so, have it. Not only is the planner in there, Dean's oh, in there. Like he's in the <laughs> so I guess on the set of the Simple Plan video, they grabbed, he nabbed Dean because he saw that they were like together. He like, could be important. So Mary Kate walking down the street sad finds the planner and she finds Trey, Dean, <laughs> in the back. And it's like, well, that's convenient. The craziest thing is he's just waiting to be happened upon. It's like yeah. she walks by and it's like bang, bang, bang. Tray and he he's like know that Roxy? Thing about punching out the tail light to have your hands stick out when you've been taken. He yeah, the hot tip. If you get took, here's your <laughs> tip if you get took. But also the craziest thing about this is that he's a senator's son. Like that like Andy Richter doesn't know that he actually has yeah. like a huge bag yeah. in the back of his truck. Like this is a completely different criminal activity, but just as lucrative. Absolutely. Come on, do your research. Um, do your research. Also, just maybe like re download all those songs from LimeWire. Like, looking <laughs> like, why? I'm like not following why the chip matters this much. I do think it's so funny that she just happens upon her crush. Um, But she still doesn't have the dog. Ashley still has the dog. Yeah, Ashley has the dog. I mean, clearly Andy Richter just never meant to make a trade with her because he left mm-hmm. the planner behind and now Mary-Kate has it. How does Ashley get away from Andy Richter? Again, she just runs away. It's like, why are we keep meeting up with this guy? I really, yeah, I think so. I think, I think it's because she... Riley Smith saves her, right? He calls her on the phone. He remembered her phone number. And he, like, is able to come pick her up. Or, or they meet in Times Square or something. I don't know. But she gets away. And he's like... She's like, I've got to get 107 blocks. Can you do it? And they just go into this, like, BMX extreme scene where it's like, we're racing to get there. And it's like. He's riding his bike over cars. cars. Up their windshields, across their roofs, and, like, down their tails. And it's like, 
so ridiculous. I know. It's fun as it fuck, works. But I'm and and we made life. a point at this point. The thing I really like about this movie is that Dean is Mary Kate's love interest and is arguably a much more Ashley character. He's the son mm-hmm. of a senator. He's very wealthy. He's buttoned up. Mary Kate's kind of messy. Whereas Ashley's love interest is this like BMX biker guy who you would He's on, a delivery guy. Yeah, delivery guy. Like on first sight think is a much more Mary Kate character and they don't make mention of it or make it too big a deal but I think it's a very sweet sort of like opposites attract thing when they could have easily swapped these boys and swapped the love interests yeah to be more similar yeah a little bit like the girls maybe have more in common than they think yeah I loved it I loved it so now Dean and Mary Kate are on the way to Columbia to give the speech so Dean and Mary Kate have the planner, and they're already uptown. Yeah. So they find themselves at the speech making place Can at Columbia, way fully prepared before with the speech. Riley and Ashley can BMX all the way up the length of Manhattan. Yeah, they've got like 20 minutes to do it. And Mary Kate's already there. So Mary Kate makes the decision, which I was like, fuck yes. Fuck yes, Mary Kate. You're finally going to make up to your sister like Mm -hmm. all the things that she like has pinned on you over the years. And you're going to help her in this moment. I loved this. And Mary Kate Mm -hmm. says... You know, I'm Jane Ryan, and I'm here to give the speech. And she's got it in hand. And honestly, I would have been very happy with an ending where she does deliver the speech. And it is it 100% yeah. winning London. It's mm-hmm. my sister can't be here. She's detained. But I know I can do it. I mean, it's a little different because she's literally pretending to be her. And she does drop the note cards before oh, she makes it to the podium. That fucking killed me. It's so stupid. It's like, turn around and look. Gets... They're on the floor. I know, they're right there. But wait, there. before she goes them. out there, there's like another girl that's going to give a speech and she's like, nice jacket, Muffy. And then you never see Muffy again, but Ash, but Mary-Kate has stolen her jacket to go get the thing. And I'm like, what is the implication here? Does she beat up Muffy and like hide her in the back? Or to did like- she seduce her like the turn yeah i know <laughs> no 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 exactly and it's like not explained and maybe there's supposed to be a wink wink that i missed that i would but i was like okay so now she's like in muffy's jacket but before she goes on stage dean like wishes her good luck and then god this part drove me crazy I, I can't explain it i have to like clip it at some point you can just see him acting so hard where he's like hey he's doing his like face before he kisses her with like the eyebrows and, yeah. the, and it's like babe just lean in like you're doing too much he's like maybe uh we can and she's like yeah and they kiss i think this movie holds true to our thought that mary kate was mary kate was down for the kissing mary kate Again, it's just like the challenge gets Has multiple an kissing. extra kiss. Yes. Ashley's only kissing bare minimum. Ashley's mm-hmm. kissing when she needs to kiss. Mary Kate is down. She and Dean, she and Jared, Car- Jared Padalecki share a kiss. She goes out on stage. She drops the note cards, which pisses me off so much because it's like maybe like turn and see if you dropped them. Like you had mm-hmm. them before you went on stage. She gets out on stage, panics and realizes she doesn't have them and doesn't go, oh, have they fallen in between where I was backstage and where I am now on stage? Like what? Like, no, that's also, not what she does. She gets out there and she realizes that the panel is made up of. Oh, I love this. Daryl Hammond, who they've run into several times today. Yeah, and the who train guy. Them, is and he's literally afraid to, see, to her. see her. Yeah. And Jared Padalecki's mom, the senator. Is also both on the panel. panel. Yeah. So it's like, I love they're like bringing people back from, you know, it's a perfect way to kind of like tie everything together. 
And it does give you like a little bit of an extra obstacle that we have to win over all of these people that we've been like that hate us over all day. No, they're like they're <laughs> poised to be against us. Exactly. Yeah. And she gets up there and panics and she delivers like an Avril Lavigne line. She's like, you break and you take. And honestly, you promised me you're never going to find you faking. And I was like, the pop culture dedication. Like, maybe they were Avril fans. I don't know. But it was like, wow, that really takes me back to a time. I'm like, I loved that they put that in there. Like, every teenage girl would be able to pull this out of her ass. And no <laughs> boomer would know or recognize. They're obviously confused, though. They're like, what the is going on? Lord Voldemort? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And he's like, oh, I think I've heard of him. Um, but so Ashley arrives around about now. They're at the front of the building. And it's very sweet because she hops off the bike. And you expect her to just run off and be like, thanks. Oh, my God. And instead, she stops and says, are you coming? And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, I'm coming. Yeah. Riley Smith is so <laughs> stoked that he's – and he takes his bike. And they, they go into the thing. She's still got the dog so Ashley blows in she and the dog are like trauma bonded at this point I know they're trauma bonded they've been kidnapped by Andy Richter like three or four times at this point (laughs) and Mary Kate's visibly relieved and is like the real Jane Ryan will the real Jane Ryan please stand up everyone in the crowd is confused they're like what's going on (laughs) the senator Dean's mom is like is that my dog like the fuck and dean says i guess he i guess the the dog groomer's making deliveries now he <laughs> told her the dog was at the groomers this whole ending scene i wholeheartedly support it's goofy and silly but it's so fun and it ties up every single storyline mm-hmm. she goes up on stage and <laughs> andy richter is right behind her he's on her tail they've been chasing her the whole way um, Eugene Levy also has caught up to them. So this is like everything is coming to a head. They're on the stage at this speech competition. And Ashley basically explains what has happened to them. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, this guy is a criminal and he thinks he's Chinese. And she's like, but he's not. <laughs> she looks at him <laughs> and it's like, he it is really not. is such a good yeah. delivery line. But he's not. <laughs> like, he's got a fake accent and probably a bunch of fake Gucci, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's really like this impassioned, like. They explain what they've been through that whole day, and they had to run around here, and they had to run around here, and he was trying to break the law. But she's smart because she frames it as though they and Eugene Levy are in it together to bust together this to crime take down the crime. It is so clever that she eliminates one of their enemies by throwing Eugene Levy, the wannabe cop, the truancy mm-hmm. officer, the shine in busting Andy Richter, and she's like, "But luckily, thanks to the bravest bravery." Of the number one truancy officer, mm-hmm. he, like, is bringing him to justice. And Eugene Levy goes with it. Why not? He's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is a better get than Mary-Kate, you know? Yeah. Um, It's so good. Ashley, thinking outside the box. And they, solving, like, make like up always. on stage, too, because Ashley realizes, like, what Mary-Kate was willing to do for her and, like, that she was going to give the speech. Yeah. It's so good. And you know what I wrote in all caps? Who's saving the day? Ashley. Period. Ashley. Ashley. Exactly. I mean, she's thinking outside the box. The she's under, she is underrated. Ashley is the most underrated Olsen twin. She's the most underrated Olsen. She is the most <laughs> underrated actress of our time. Ashley Olsen is the single most <laughs> underrated actress of our time. It's just like, this movie's about her too. This movie's it's mostly so, about her. Like, Mary <laughs> Kate got more kisses. But Ashley got more meat. I just, these. I agree. It really is crazy. 
So I feel like that was true of the challenge too. It was. Honestly, she's the star of these movies. She's the star of these movies. Like, you guys, I can't wait for our wrap-up. We're going to compare so much (laughs) shit. Like, it's like, I really do think one of the biggest changes in perspective from rewatching them is Ashley. Absolutely. Is the star. I just remembered it being Mary-Kate, and I know it's because of gender roles. Like, I just know it's because of the gendered shit. I know it's because Ashley, Mary-Kate, and maybe... A mm-hmm. part of it is their sitcoms played a bigger role because Mary Kay was so sassy and tomboy in their sitcoms. Yeah. But, I mean, Ashley's the main character in half of these movies. She's the mastermind. So mm-hmm. at a certain point, Daryl Hammond stands up and says, I imagine this isn't the speech you were planning to give, which is odd because that right there is an out to give the speech. You're yeah. on the stage. It's you an made invitation. it. Your, your no cards are fallen. You can find them, I'm sure, if you looked. Do you want to? And they just don't. She just walks off the stage. And at first I was like, well, no, like you don't, you gave up too quick. I'm sure they would have let you give your speech after all that. Mm -hmm. But it's okay because she's basically like, no, it isn't, but something more important has happened. Yeah. I've like, I've realized what really matters. I think also they allude to this idea that like, it's less important to her now to go all the way to Oxford. And it's, like, okay if she doesn't because she doesn't actually need to get away from her sister like that. Yeah. But they have definitely. a makeup on the steps of Columbia that's really sweet and really heartfelt. And I was, like, mm-hmm. feeling it. I was, like, you guys, oh, my God, you can see from each other's perspectives and you see what you're willing to do for each other and what you're willing to do to help. And in my fucking favorite ending of, like, any of these movies, Daryl Hammond comes out to them Mm -hmm. having heard they're like making up he's like Ashley can I talk to you and he has her note cards that Mary Kate dropped on the stage and is like this is an award winning speech I read it and you would have taken this you would have taken this no and I was like fuck yes like I was Mm -hmm. couldn't believe how stoked I was he was Mm -hmm. like you would have won this hands down and i would like to officially offer you the scholarship um for the place at oxford and then he says i have to do the line he was like hearing what it took for you to get here it's not just that you wanted to win it's that you refused to fail i literally teared up i know i mean he teared up he's really delivering he's he gives he delivers line with his whole chest i'm not lying you guys It's the most moving part of the movie because he is the consistent character in the movie from the first scene from the train Mm -hmm. that is set up to hate these girls. They break her nose. He hops in the the cab. All this stuff. And it's such a great he was under our nose the whole time Mm -hmm. moment where it's like they're barely even noticing that this guy pops up. And then at the very end, because he, A, hears, read the speech, hears her whole thing about what they've been through, but he physically saw them all day. He physically ran into them all day. It's not just that you wanted to win, it's that you refused to fail. And you know what I'm realizing? He saw their fight in the morning on the train. Yeah. And he sees their reconciliation on the steps of Columbia. And then he offers her the It's so good. You get glimpses and stuff like this, and you're like, what if whoever the fuck punched up this part, whoever they hired to write a really fucking good line that Mm -hmm. cuts... 
why didn't they write the whole script? Why? Like, there's parts of it that are the potential to be so good, which is truly the through line of all Mary Kate and Ashley movies. Mm-hmm. I just, it was, I, it was like a different movie. Suddenly, it was like so moving. It was so full circle. Mm-hmm. And he gives her the scholarship. She wins. And I wrote, I buy it. I'm believing it. I love that. That that, that a, the adult that, will yeah. go out there and be like, holy shit, you really weren't going to give up and you deserve something for it. It felt earned. So it the, definitely felt good. It felt earned. So then we have the epilogue. I love the whole epilogue. It's a year the later. It's so fun from beginning to end. It's so fun. They're in Mary Kate's recording studio because now she's got like a recording deal with Simple Plans label. They're about to go leave to go on tour. Dean is there and he's going on tour with her band. They're kissing and hanging out. Ashley is about to leave to go to Oxford for Ashley's the semester. Ashley's there headbanging. She's just hanging out with oh, them. Oh, she's, having, she's a having a blast. She and her sister, she's, she's like out. supporting her sister. Yeah. It's so fun. Riley Smith is also there and in the most convenient like Boy Meets World-esque, we're all going to the same college twist. He's like, I'm moving. I got a p- job right next to Oxford. And it's like, sure, you're like BMX delivery guys like coming to Oxford with you. Why He's the going fuck to not? school, Connor. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, like next door. He's like, uh, didn't you hear about Oxford Community College? Like, I got in. It's just like, She's sure. They're very cute. Yeah. And then in sort of, you know, Jack uh, Osborne is there. And it's like, oh, they're, they're like, they're all winning. They all got what they wanted. And in a last sort of allusion to the chase that made up the whole of the movie, um, Eugene Levy comes in and he's been made a cop. And at first, second, made it's like, a traffic oh, no, cop. a traffic cop. Yeah, you're right. But it's like, he found us again. And then it's like, hey, how are my favorite girls doing? And it's like that they've become bonded and like they did him a solid and he moved up in the world. And now they're like all homies and he's rooting for them. And mm-hmm. and what's the song? They're doing um, a David Bowie cover. Yeah. And it's absolutely satisfying it mm-hmm. is so fun they're Mary dancing the drums, they're kissing they're dancing they're kissing it's a good wrap up it's really good and then jason mraz for the outro yeah. i was like oh jason mraz it is 2004 i really dated it yeah <laughs> i mean my main takeaway and i i i i it is the fumes of just that great line delivery. Mm-hmm. Not that you wanted to win. You refused to fail. But my biggest takeaway, give these motherfucking girls a real script. I've said it so many times. My second biggest takeaway, besides the fact that Ashley is uh, our generation's most underrated actress, we were robbed. We as a generation were robbed of what they might have been capable of had they been let out from underneath the vacuum of Dual Star, had they been not just squeezed blood from the stone for money. But if someone had said, like, if A24 existed and someone was like, can we, you know, like putting Selena Gomez in Spring Breakers, like we were robbed of what they might have been capable of had they been allowed to be adult actresses even if it was only ever comedy even if they only ever did slapstick even if like give these girls a real script and i'm heartbroken like this movie is the closest i think we get to what was possible if someone had cared to give them a shot to play to their strengths this and it takes two i i will say that both theatrical releases are the movies that make me go we 
we're missing out on what, what, what could have been. There is lost potential there. Absolutely. Well, I feel like with It Takes Two, they're such children that it's like they couldn't have done anything mm-hmm. else but be in It Takes Two. But I do think... No, but I'm saying they could have made more It Takes Twos, and they didn't. They could have made another romp. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they could have done more real movies with these girls instead of wasting their entire youth. Not wasting. We love these movies. I'm not trying to be like that. But, like, I think they could have been the Elle Fannings of the world. Like, why weren't they given that opportunity? I just think that's so different. Like, not that they couldn't have been Elle Fanning, but it's like... Yeah, they just were down to make money. I mean, their game was making money, not making well, art. Well, it's like they they are like comedy actresses. But like, I do think that they are clearly talented. I mean, they could have been. Remember Uptown Girl? Like, put the Olsen twins in a movie like Uptown Girl. They could have been making real movies. And it's like, I get your point is they were making money. And I get that they did that well. But it's like they weren't making art. And they could have been. I just think we were robbed. I mean, I do think that they are very good in this movie. And, like, for all the weaknesses of this movie and all the weaknesses of all of the movies, it's never the girls. They always come through. They always pull it off. They always are not only charming and fun, but also heartwarming and, like, tugging on your heartstrings. They're selling you the fights. They're selling you the reconciliations. They're selling you the joy. And they are a joy to watch. These movies are are a joy to watch on the whole. I just think in an alternate universe, they've got, you know, awards. I, I just think I, I, I would kill Dinner with One Person Dead or Alive. I would kill to say, when was the decision made to never go back and do it again? How was it made? Was it contingent on how well this movie did? Did you making this movie already feel you never wanted to make another one? I have so many questions that are like, it's just so fun and they're so good in it. And I get that they didn't, they couldn't know it was going to flop and it did flop pretty terribly and pretty famously. But I just feel like I don't have that many questions because the second they turned 18, they stopped. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know what happens when you turn 18? You have decisions making ability for the first time. So it's like, I love these movies for what they are. They just are. didn't want to do I it. I do think that they are good. Yeah. And, and I, and I am sure that they are just as talented and dedicated to all of the ventures that they succeeded in that came after. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, 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 I don't want to degrade the art that they did gave, give us. I just, I, I feel in a, uh, like, a pain for what could have been what was what would be possible if they had been allowed to really explore that they're so good at this you know what i mean i don't know it's so formulaic all of their work but what are you gonna give it in terms of surrealism surreal rating it's got to be a seven um watchability yeah i would say surrealism um, and my surrealism ratings have become more difficult as we've discovered in the post our lips are sealed era. Because I think this is as I surreal as our lips are sealed. Like, obviously, they're not talking to camera, but I know. But it's like, that's what I'm trying to say is in a different way. Our lips are sealed. Surrealism is such a delight. Like surrealism is such a welcome aspect of the movie. This is not that. So it's like, I don't want to give it too high of a rating because I don't want it to seem 
like I'm enjoying the surrealism that they put into this movie because I'm not. It's surreal in a like switching goals, the story, the decisions people are making don't make sense for no reason way, um, which detracts from the joy of the movie. Like the Eugene Levy character is incredibly surreal, but not in a fun way. The Andy Richter character is incredibly surreal, but not in a fun way. I think there's tons of it that's surreal that is fun. I think it's so fun that Ashley speaks Mandarin. It's stupid and surreal. I think it's that's so true. fun that's true. when they're falling down on the skyscraper washing thing, and it's ridiculous, and it's so surreal and stupid. It would never happen, but it's so, so, so fun. I think it's so fun when they're crowd surfing at the Simple Plan thing, and that would never happen, and it's so surreal, but it's so fun. Like, I see what you're saying. There's parts of it that are dumb that make it surreal those are just stupid parts but there's a ton that's surreal mm-hmm. in this that is so welcome you know when she mm-hmm. gets up on stage and says the Avril Lavigne lyric and then like they run in with the dog it's like true, it's all it's stupid true. but I love it so much I really liked this movie and the holiday and the sun too aspect of it I mean I yeah I think I'm gonna give it a six because it is crazy the the subway scene does do a lot to make it fun in terms of watchability, yeah, an eight. It's incredibly watchable. I mean, there, I'm cringing. I'm, I'm covering my eyes out of shame for some scenes, but the scenes that are like, they're cute. They're funny. It's, it, it's the scenes that are good are really good. The scene in the hotel room is so funny. Yeah. It's really good. We loved it. We love them so much. I mean, we're signing off from New York on New York Minute. It is it's so bittersweet. I can't believe this is the last one. This is this is the last. This is the real ass last one. They Ashley ever Olsen's did. last acting credit. I just can't believe it. She carried it. I can't believe it. It's she like gone it. too soon. Like I, I just feel like there's almost like a <laughs> Hollywood mystery. It's like giving Natalie Wood. Like I can't believe she gave turned in <laughs> this performance, and it was it for her forever. I would kill to know. Um, the good news is we're going to put a little research in before our final episode. We're going to crowdsource a little. We want to hear from you guys what you guys want to hear from us. Um, but that is it on the rewatches. That is it on. That's a wrap on the rewatches. You guys, that's our last second showing. For now. Yeah. Come back. Next time for our last episode, we've got a couple announcements. All right, guys. See you then. We'll see you then. This episode of Second Showing is produced, recorded, and mixed by Connor Riley and Jordan Riley. Art by Connor Riley and music by Lee Rosaberry. New York Minute is property of Warner Brothers, Denovi Pictures, and Dual Star Entertainment Group. It was directed by Denny Gordon and written by Emily Fox, Adam Cooper, and Bill College. If you're a fan of Second Showing, please leave a review. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at girlconnor, spelled G-I-R-L-C-O-N-R. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JordanTheLady, or you can find both of us on Twitter at Second Showing Pod, spelled with number two. Be sure to follow us so you can be notified about new episodes. You can find all episodes of Second Showing wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>